My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today is the WNR 297, it's NXT Great American Bash. Before we start with the ultra intro, and the Great American novel has not only been written, it has already been rejected. And now the intro. We have been building up to this moment on the WNR for the past month. On the next episode, we bring you Fighter Fest. But now it's time for NXT Update and the Great American Bash. Yeah, well last time we were NXT was for TakeOver In Your House... Well, let's get to it now, and we start off with a June 10th episode, and Undisputed Era are here to get the show rolling. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong are out together. Cole on the mic first. He tells us the era of Cole will continue, and really, no one actually thought the Velveteen Dream was going to win the title. He's good, sure, but the problem is he's not Adam Cole. Baby! Now he can no longer challenge for the title as long as Cole has it. So, what's next? Well, the answer is quite simple. It doesn't freaking matter. I have run roughshod over this brand as the most dominant champion in this brand's history. He says no one will be able to beat him for that title. And it's time to shift focus to Dexter Loomis. He's crazy, psychotic, a freak, and he's always getting into Undisputed Era's business. Fish and Strong are real pissed off about this. Strong because everyone knows he hates being stuffed in trunks. Well, Roddy sees him in the crowd, but when Fish and Cole turn to look, he's suddenly not there. This is played like Strong is going crazy over it, but Cole reiterates that they all have each other's backs. Cole promises to beat Loomis and send him back to the drawing board where he belongs. Or back from commercial, Cole and Fish are trying to console Strong while telling him to chill out because it becomes a problem when he freaks out. Well, that's when Keith Lee comes in and talks about wondering what's next. He thinks he knows... Cole tells him not to even think about it and exit stage left. Soon enough, Lee responds with a smile. And it is Keith Lee and Mia Yim versus Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Well, they started with a lot of tandem wrestling, Lee and Yim having their way with Gargano and LeRae. It took a few minutes for the match to get underway, but when it did, the babyfaces kept control. In fact, Lee and Yim spent most of the match in control. Then later on, Lee knocked Gargano into the ropes where he hit his wife, and then Yim, who was knocked off the apron to the outside. Back in the ring, Garno hit a big DDT on Lee, but he landed on top of LeRae. When he got up, he realised what happened and picked her up. Feeling awful about it, Gagano used that to roll Lee up and score the pinfall to give his team the win. So Gagano LeRae defeat Lee and Yim. Cameron Grimes is backstage to be interviewed. He mentions having already beaten Finn Balor once. Is he confident in winning against him tonight? Well, don't you know my name? It's confident Cameron Grimes. He says he doesn't look like a loser, not like Damien Priest. He looks great. 
Not even sure why he's in this match, but again, he'll beat Balor twice. Before he's done, Priest shows up and grinds backtracks to talk about how Priest almost beat Balor and he was so close and all that. Priest lays him out with a forearm to the face. And it's Indus Sher versus Mikey Del Bray and Mike Reed. Well, this went all of a minute in your basic squash match to over the monster new tag team. Del Bray and Reed got no offence in and bumped all over the place in and out. Yes, Indus Sher defeated Mike Del Bray and Mike Reed. Mike Reed is Frank Butcher, isn't he? Just, yeah, yes, yeah right. just confirming. Well, backstage we get an update on Grimes. Drake Wirtz has talked to William Regal. And Grimes apparently believes he's a broken jaw and won't be able to wrestle. Regal wants to talk to Grimes himself. So they go off to do just that. Well, back from commercial, Grimes is talking to two women when Wirtz walked up with Regal on video and caught him up. Regal chastised him for faking a broken jaw. Grimes got upset and told everyone to get out of here. He's got to get warmed up for the match that will indeed be happening tonight. Well, Tomato Phillips sends us into a video package looking at Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Rad Ripley was asked backstage how she plans to bounce back from the loss at TakeOver in your house. She starts talking, but is quickly interrupted by Robert Stone. Well, he's breathing heavy and asking if she feels client-manager chemistry. He calls them both losers before saying they could be like a phoenix rising from the ashes if they get together. He says they do everything, and together they can make the Robert Stone brand bigger and better than ever. She says the chances of joining his brand are one in a million. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Come with me, she responds. And he does. She beats him up. Our next match is Finn Balor versus Cameron Grimes. Well, Grimes got some early offence in and loudly proclaimed that he's not afraid of Balor. Finn gained control rather quickly, though, and dominated most of the way. They did a couple of great tee spots where Grimes avoided the coup de grace and got a near fall, then almost scored a roll-up pin or two. Two. But Balor always got out of it. Eventually, he hit a coup de grace and followed it up with a 19-16 to score the pinfall. So Balor defeats Grimes, and after the match, Balor talked into the camera and said he's won a lot of titles, but never the North American strap. He's coming for that next. But up next is Casey Cantazero versus Dakota Kai. Well, Kai tried to bully Casey early on, but Cantazero showed a mean streak of her own in response to it. Contra made sure to point out how much more aggressive she looked, using terms like feisty and scrappy. But Kai finished and won via pinfall anyway. Well, Kai told the camera that she was coming for the title right after the match and then attacked again. Caden Carter hit the scene to help out and got some offence in, but she was overwhelmed too. Well, the new Cruiserweight champion, El Gel da Fantasma, was out next. He started to speak, was, but was quickly cut off by none other than Drake Maverick. Well, Drake Maverick mentions that he haven't had time to talk since last week and he just wanted to congratulate the champ. Thank you for the amazing match we had last week, he says. Everyone we've been talking about in his journey, not just Mavericks. You deserve to be the Cruiserweight champion. Well, Maverick said he has so much in his brain the past few months, he can't help but wonder what would happen if his head was clear, which is what it is now. He's a full-time contracted member of the roster. He knows he could beat Phantasma. He asked for another shot at the title. Phantasma agrees to it. See, si. So that's a nice end, Phantasma. Oh, wait a minute. And the two masked men have shown up, and we've seen them trying to kidnap Luchadores recently. And it seems like Drake Maverick and Alquico del Phantasma... They're going to team up to kind of fight off these guys. Well, you can see the respect between the two. Oh, wait a minute. And Phantasma just turned and he's facing Maverick. And he literally did turn as well. And it looks like he's joining the masked men in beating up Drake Maverick. Well, all three just beating down Maverick. And what is this all about? The new Cruiserweight champion. And he's getting to take their masks off. Round Mendoza and Wild. My God. And we've seen these two men in 205 live. And Phantasma just takes out Maverick. And now we've got Wild and Mendoza going up top. And now Phantasma's unmasking. 
And we're going to see the man behind the mask. He's Santos Escobar. And he's the NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And he spits in the face anybody that doesn't want to be cool. Oh! And then just signing from the sky as Wilder Mendoza come crashing down. Like I said, this is Santos Escobar, the Cruiserweight Champion. So, was it all a ruse? Was he in with the cruiserweights from the very beginning, Dan, the masked luchadores. Well, he must have done. I think these two guys would have been good contenders to the title, but he's kind of got them on side, so they're going to be his protection as opposed to his opponents. My God, what shocking turn of events here for the cruiserweight championship on NXT. But our next match is Adam Cole versus Dexter Loomis. Well, Loomis was very much presented like a threat to Cole, getting a lot of offense in early. He was physical throughout and Cole sold big for him. At the end, Loomis had Cole in a head and arm choke and Fish distracted the referee long enough for Strong to hop on the apron and lay Loomis out. Cole scored the pin and the victory to a chorus of boos after... Well, Cole wanted to stick around in the ring to gloat over Loomis' body, but he awoke and put the choke back on. Fish and Strong jumped in to help, and that's when Velveteen Dream hit the scene. Loomis recovered and ran off Strong, who was scared shitless. Well, Cole was left in the ring alone with his title, and the lights went out. Well, Scarlet Bordeaux was there. She walked with an hourglass, set it down, and turned it over. Message received. Yeah, so we know now that Karrion Cross is coming for the NXT title. We move on to our next episode, June 17th. After a recap of last week and hype for our tag title matches, we see Bailey and Sasha Banks arriving. The men's championship match kicks off the show. So here we go. It's Imperium, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Barfel versus Breezango. And Imperium's entrance here is probably one of the most, uh, would you say the best in WWE at this moment in oh, time? it's got to be, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. When Imperium are coming out, but instead it's Marsupio and Fabio. Are these new members of Imperium? Oh, that's not spelt correctly. I kind of <laughs> jazzed it up a bit. Well, Fabio Marsupio coming out here. And they look ah, very... Zango. Uh, they look familiar. And look how serious Fandango looks with that blonde wig. And this is what the fashion police can do. Get into the heads of Imperium with the entrance alone. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? Bloody ridiculous, isn't it? But I think NXT needs a bit of lightening up. Oh, without a doubt. And they've definitely lighted it up here, Fandango and Tyler Breeze. But Imperium didn't like that at all and attacked at the bell. Eichner controlled Breeze until Prince Pretty was able to pull down the rope and send them both to the floor. Unfortunately, that didn't help for long as Barfell helped his partner launch Tyler into the pexiglass while the referee was distracted by Fandango pointing out the treachery. He kicked out, uh. but into the German after the tag. Well, dumping the heel worked better for Breeze a second time as he made the tag after lowering the rope for Barfell. Dango comes in hotter than hell. As both teams switch and ends up hitting a tope on both Imperium members as we go to our first. Well, Breeze gets two. Two. On Barfell after a suplex as we see Marcel take tandem kicks to the face while draped over the ropes. During the break, the fashion police advantage doesn't last long as Dan has to make the save for his partner. It takes a tandem manoeuvre from the champs. Well, the gorgeous one hits an Inseguri while the German talks trash, then slingshots him into a forearm from his partner. Tag, faux pas but Eichner breaks up the pin and rocks Fandango in the process. The ensuing scramble ends with a last dance leg drop, but the cover's broken up. Things break down with Breeze and Eichner on the outside. Malcolm Bivens leads into shirting, but only Lorcan and Danny Birch attack. While that's happening, throws up Eichner, but Italian isn't a legal man. Barfell slips in with DDT, and that is it. Yes, Imperium defeat Brand, uh, Breezango via pinfall to retain the NXT tag team titles. Well, everyone's hot afterwards. The announced teams talk up the three teams as potential challengers. 
Well, Tom or Todd Phillips interviews Velveteen Dream, who deflects when asked about how he's dealing with being unable to challenge Adam Cole for the NXT title again. During his Dream Has No Memory of That Stick, Dexter Loomis sneaks up behind his couch and drops off a caricature showing the two of them with the tag titles. But Velveteen says that is a misunderstanding. They each helped each other last week, but he's also a solo act. Well, Damien Priest drives up as we go to more ads. We get some highlights of Cole versus Dream from In Your House after the break, and then Damien Priest enters. Our next match is Damien Priest versus Killian Dane. We're reminded of Lee's Hoss's history as they lock up. Damien manages to evade a charge in the corner, and they're trading strikes. Priest gets the better of that and puts Dane down with a lariat. Speaks two. Two. After taking a pair of running elbows, Dane launches a crossbody that gets two. Two. After a roll-up, Dane hits a cyclone kick and a reckoning. Yes, Damien Priest defeats Killian Dane via pinfall. And Santos Escobar gets a quick video. He's erased his legacy and started a new one. He rewrites the history of Lucha Libre starting tonight. Well, during the break, we see that frustrated Dane smack the peck the glass and knock the drunken Robert Stone to the ground. And up next is Zia Lee versus Aaliyah, or Nymph. And Aaliyah goes to check on the past out Stone when she sees him during her entrance. She helps him up and brings him to her corner. Early takedown by Elias, stopped by kicks and chops from Lee. She's in charge when Stone hops on the apron and spews in the ring. So, after an awkward sequence, his prospective client picks up the win. Well, Timothy Thatcher is running a Thatcher's Thatch Can class in a video. He shoots on Eric Bugenhagen with a couple of holes and then tells the group that next time the real work begins. Well, we get an off-site segment with the Undisputed Era, Cole and Bobby Fish. I mean, a liberal talking about Roderick Strong. They're going to help him, but do the, the Undisputed Era way in-house. Roddy gets in the car, but they can't take him pumped up like normally. They take him to a therapist, which Kyle O'Reilly in disguise with a weird accent. He takes Strong through a ruckus test, and then when they turn it upside down, it looks exactly like the trunk of a car. Then they decide they need to do some exposure therapy and take him to the trunk of their limo. Roddy acts like he's gun then busts out in a full spring away from them. Cole thinks it went pretty well, but now they need to get to go pick him up. Well, back to the studio, Mackenzie Mitchell is interviewing Cole. She asked what Scarlett was trying to tell him with the hourglass. The champ says we've seen this movie before and always ends the same way, with him as champ. Keith Lee walks up and asks for a moment with Cole. North America champ says Cole's time is running out, but it won't be carrying across who takes the belt. It'll be him. He smashes the hourglass and says TikTok. Cole, Cole laughs and walks off. On more commercials, then the NXT champ is out. He's marking 381 days with the belt, which is why it's mind-boggling to him that people think they can just come up to him and call their shot. It doesn't work that way. Carrying Cross, he turns his attention back to Lee, saying maybe he wants to become the North American champ. And when he does, maybe he'll hold that title for 381 days too. Then we'll have to call him Champ Champ, baby. Well, Lee makes his entrance, but only has time for some gesturing and a stare down when Johnny Gagano's music hits. He talked last week and a Gagano goal of being the first husband and wife champs in NXT history. Lee asks about Candice and says when he... ...from last week and says it's a promise. He says he hasn't forgotten about Cole, calling him a transitional champion, which prompts a Panama City playboy to say they have a pattern of Finn being king somewhere for a short time. Then he comes in and walks over his memory. Well, General Manager William Regal pops up the big screen and says he loves this. That's why next week we'll get a North American title triple threat between Balor, Lee and Gagano. And the winner gets Cole in a winner-take-all match on July 8th. Well, more ads. Then Mitchell tries to get a word with Lee. That's cut off by LeRae, who's interrupted by Mia Yim. They brawl as we cut back to the arena and our next match. Which is Caden Carter versus Dakota. Casey Cantazero is out with Carter and, of course, Raquel Gonzalez is with Kai. 
It's all Caden at the start. Raquel looks to get involved again and Cantazaro tries to help but gets dropped face first on the apron. That lets Dakota go for the roll-up. She doesn't get that but locks on a cross face and steals a win. So Dakota Kai defeats Caden Carter. The picture goes to grainy black and white for a look backstage. We see Scarlett examining the broken hourglass. The nice loafer steps into shot, crushing some glass. We get a hype video for Mercedes and then back to the action. Which is Bronson Reed versus Leon Ruff. Well, Ruff is confident during his entrance, but runs right into a clothesline, sent on, and a splash off the top rope, and that is it. Yeah, Bronson Reed defeats Leon Ruff pretty easily, and Ozella with a mic, he calls out Karen Cross and wants a face-to-face again next week. Reed then carries Ruff out. We swing out back, and Priest is pissed about because his tyres are slashed. Cameron Grimes rolls by and laughs, asking if he needs an Uber. Escobar, Mendoza and Wild make their entrance after a break. Santos sells El Hio de Fantasma was known as the best Lucha Libre practitioner, but he knew when he got to NXT it was time to end that and start a new legacy on a worldwide platform. His father, El Fantasma, always told him he was a leader and he vows to show Raul Mendoza and Woken Wild how to be leaders. Together, they are Legado del Fantasma. Well, out comes Drake Maverick. He tips his hat to Escobar for fooling everyone and says that people tell him he has more heart than brains. He attacks and does pretty well, but the numbers game gets him onto the floor. Santos gets him up, hits the phantom driver, him off one table, through another, onto the concrete floor. We see Maverick being stretched out after the break. Well, Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart versus Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yeah, so this is our main event, and it is for the Women's Tag Team Championship. And the boss starts with Knox. They trade pin and predicaments, and the NXT babyfaces are the first to make a tag. Blackheart gets another cover, then lets Sasha tag in Dos Straps. Shotzi and Bailey work a similar pace, but right before the break, the champ catches Blackheart with a knee and mocks her wolf call as we get more commercials. Shotzi is a house of fire when we return. She suplexes Sasha on her shoulders and neck to get a cover. The boss kicks out and quickly takes control with a meteora off the apron to the floor. But by the time she gets her back in the ring, Blackheart kicks out. So Blackheart somehow still in this match after Banks coming off the top. And I mean, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Coming back to NXT, such a huge moment for those two, especially when they had, you know, like I said, the last women's main event match before in your house, which was way, way back at TakeOver Respect. But I do like Blackheart. We talked about her on the last NXT update. There's something different about her coming out in a tank as well. It's pretty cool. And of course, Tegan Knox as well, the Welsh wizard. Well, let's just hope this partnership goes better than her last. Well, without a doubt. Blackheart now tagging in Knox. couple of dual manoeuvres on Bailey and Banks. And we might have new uh, tag team champions here. Banks and Bailey might have overestimated the team of Blackheart and Knox. Well, that'd be Bailey Uno Strap. <laughs> and Knox got hold of Banks on the apron. Chokeslams are on to Bailey. Tags in Shotzi, and I think both women are looking to go flying. And now Blackheart got hold of Knox and using her to go over the top. Flying crossbody again takes out the champs. And Blackheart and Knox definitely bringing it here. Bailey and Banks down at the moment. Shotzi looks like a bit of a risk taker, which is good when it pays off. And we talk about the you know the women's division in NXT as well, how strong it is. And again, seeing two women in this position, definitely giving it their all. And again, another double team manoeuvre. Bit of a, assisted Salida Del Sol. Blackheart going into the cover, but no, Banks there using all her experience. Looks like throwing knocks onto the pin attempt, breaking it up. All four women down at the moment. And even though Knox and Blackheart aren't a kind of proper tag team, this, the gear is similar enough with the colours that make it stand out. Yeah, they're both brightly coloured. 
But Banks and Bailey aren't really a tag team, are no, they? No, I suppose I mean, not. They're just really good friends. The boss and hug as Banks gets the tag and knocks. And look at this, he's just a slobber knocker at the moment. I think Knox gets the uh, upper hand of that headbutt. Huge shot, and now Banks on the shoulders of Knox. Blackheart gets a blind tag. I can't help but think that um, Banks and Blackheart should be tag team partners. <laughs> I mean, look at their wild hair. And what a move there by Blackheart, avoiding Banks, hitting the dropkick, but over her own. And then into the bank statement. And that was beautiful transition there. Knox nowhere to be seen. Banks has got it locked. No, Blackheart fighting it. Managing to escape. Oh, my God. Now putting her own submission in. Wrenching the arms back from Banks. Bailey's there with a chair, but gets cut off by Knox. Chair, or she too good a face. Oh, no. It gives a chance. Gives Bailey a chance to reverse Blackheart into Banks. Got a bank statement locked in. Oh, she Blackheart had taps. no choice there but to submit. And a, a fine encounter there between these uh, all four women. And I tell you what, Banks and Bailey recently as well. I know they've got all the gold, but they have been one of the focal points and have been delivering. And a great match on NXT to finish us off here. Absolutely. Two women back home, so to speak. And we've questioned if, you know, we were going to see a few between the two, but they're working in perfect tandem. We see Bailey there putting Blackheart in position. And they're here to dominate. Like I said, SmackDown, Women's Champion, they've been on Raw, and now on NXT being successful. I think the highlight reel is mainly Shotzi. <laughs> well, Shotzi's so impressive here. The assist is to lead Del Sol, the crossbody off the top to the outside. That very innovative finisher as well, Shad locked in until uh, Bailey reversed it. And Bailey's been in such great form this year as well. She's not missed a beat. And who can uh, stop Banks and Bailey at this moment in time? Well, do you think Bailey's kind of stepped up to the void that's left by uh, Becky Lynch? Kind of being out pregnant. I think without that, and I think also with Charlotte taking time off, you need people to take that. And they have definitely filled it. And is, is there going to be anybody is going to step up on Raw, SmackDown, on NXT at this moment in time? Doesn't look like it. Wait a minute. Io Shirai there, diving away in, taking out Bailey And Banks. German suplex to Banks. Is she going to take on the tag team champs on her own? Oh, looks that way. Double knees to Bailey. Double knees to Banks. And there's only one woman that runs this house, NXT, and that's Io Shirai's jet. Oh, fakes out. <laughs> Stands in the ring with, uh, well, is it Shirai Tristraps? Well, this is the thing. The NXT Women's Champion is saying, you want to come to NXT and you think you're the best? Well, I'm standing right here. And what a way to end this episode with Io Shirai making a statement. So we move on to our next episode, June 25th. And the main event is going to be Balor versus Garno versus Lee United for the North American Championship. Well, before we start, we see Cameron Grimes strutting into full sail an hour ago. Then we see Damian Priest has been assaulted in his car. I guess he got smashed in his car door a few times. So we see Cameron Grimes versus Damian Priest. Grimey gets on the mic saying Priest slashed his own tires last week and attacked himself this week. He's expecting a count that win, but here comes Archer of Infamy with taped ribs. Well, Priest fights back for a bit, but keeps going for a razor's edge. He can't keep Grimes in the air. A cave-in on the floor follows after another one in the ring, and he picks up the win. Well, Cameron Grimes defeats Damian Priest, and Ray Ripley has been interviewed about the women's title picture, but before she can say much, Robert Stone approached. He reveals a liar, or numph, signed with a brand, then offers her a second chance, a golden ticket to sign with him. The nightmare dumps him in a trash dumpster. A liar comes out to stand for her man, a jerk, then slaps Freya. She immediately knows that she's made a mistake. 
Well, after a commercial, we're getting in a Thatcher's Thatch Can Wrestling from Timothy Thatcher. And then it's Santos Escobar versus Jake Atlas. Well, Atlas is fired up and looking to avenge his friend slash hero, Drake Maverick, and quickly takes control of the match. Escobar catches him with a kick that sends him from the apron to the plexiglass as we head to commercial. Oakland Wild and Raul Mendoza are cheering a leader on, but he can't put Jake away. Atlas launches his comeback and it includes flattening the lackeys with a moonsault. A snapmare driver can't keep Escobar down, so Jake goes up top, but Santos catches him there and plants him with a phantom driver for the win. Well, we see that earlier today, Undisputed Era took Roderick Strong back to Dr. Carl O'Reilly. Roddy says he's ready to face his fears and get in the trunk. So Carl reveals himself. Outside, Roddy does get in the trunk and is hyped. He pulled it off. So Adam Cole tells him tonight he'll also face Dexter Loomis. Strong doesn't seem as excited about that. <laughs> well, we see a Taylor tape and a North American total triple threat. We're doing a deep dive on when we get back as well. Well, first, Malcolm Bivins has a message for those thugs, Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin. He also lets Rinku and Suvaru say a few words. Bottom line is, the two teams want title shots, but they've got beef with one another first. After an excellent hype video for tonight's main event, we get a highlight package on Karrion Cross. Then it's time for tag action. It's Casey Cantazero and Caden Carter versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. A really lot going on here. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeat Casey Cantazero and Caden Carter via submission. Well, post-match, Dakota Kai issues a challenge to Io Shirai. And then Karen Cross versus Bronson Reed is next. Well, the big man actually levels Cross in the early going, but Cross catches him in the throat on a charge. An exploder suplex follows, but Azuela fires back. Cross stands right up off a suplex. They trade blows, but Carrion stays on his feet. Northern Light suplex, Doomsday Sato and Cross Jacket. Next, it's Dexter Loomis versus Roderick Strong. Well, Roddy tries to get away during his entrance, but Bobby Fish grabs him and gives him a pep talk, wanting him, walking him to the ring. Well, Loomis just hits Strong with a dead stare and the former North American champ can't psych himself up to attack Dexter. Loomis finally follows him to the outside and Roddy's so shook, he runs right into the pexiglass. Strong runs off. Well, defeats Strong via countout. Well, Loomis sneaks up on Fish and he's pleading with Strong and grabs him in submission finish. Bobby escapes and runs off. Well, Stone and Aaliyah are zooming with general manager William Regal. Robert wants a rematch, which Regal says he can have if he wrestles too. Stone tries to beg off, eventually saying he'll only do it if Raya has to join the brand if they win. The GM says he can't authorise that, but Ripley walks up and says it's fine by her. Well, we get a combo EO Shai package and an announcement about a four-way to determine a first challenger. Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Kansas me and fights to determine a number contendership next week. A strap match between Roderick Strong and Dexter Loomis is also announced for next week. But right now, it is the NXT North American Championship on the line in a triple threat match. And is there a, three more talented guys in NXT? I mean, apart from maybe Adam Cole at this moment in time to fight for this opportunity? Well, I'd love to see a fatal five-way including Adam Cole and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yes, I mean, like I said, with uh, Ciampa, we've kind of forgotten about him since In Your House being destroyed uh, by Karrion Cross, We wonder what's next for him. With Balor getting a victory over Lee and Gagano as well. You know, at this point in time, is Keith Lee in trouble here tonight? What are your thoughts? Who's your favourite in this one? Um, I'd like to see Balor do it, but I think it's going to go to the big man. Yeah, I mean, at this moment in time, is there been anybody hotter and on a bigger string than Keith Lee ever since, what was it, Survivor Series when he featured in that match? 
through to the Rumble, and of course now, you know, North American champion. He is on the roll, and Adam Cole says I'm, he's not worried about it, but I think if there's someone you should be worried about, you know, especially at this time with Keith Lee, and of course you've got that threat of Karrion Cross as well, who can show up at any time. So at this moment, I think the, the main event scene for NXT is actually looking quite good. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, they've kind of started building, you know, especially as every time someone gets called up to the main brand, we're kind of worried about who's going to step up and take the position. But, you know, they've kind of building it up. You've got Karrion Cross also in the kind of darkness waiting for his shot. You've got these three guys. You've got Chumper, you've got Cole, you know. And you've also lost that moron, um, what's his name? Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. So, yeah. you know, it's a win-win, win-win, win-win. Well, Balor trying to come off the top, and it's definitely got the power here in this matchup. I think that is a you know, sensible statement to make, like, much like Balor would have the experience factor. Can I call a spot? Got him. One of the men gets pounced into the other man. <laughs> well, with Keith Lee, we've seen the pounce. Is that the most deadliest move in wrestling at this moment in time? I think it is. I'd, I prefer it a lot more to the uh, spear as well at the moment. It's just the way the opponent flies, especially with Keith Lee. Because in NXT, there's not that many big guys. You know, and we talk about Karrion Cross. Uh, apart from that, there's not really any guys. You know, we've seen Damian Priest now and Killian Dane, But no one's had that effect like uh, Keith Lee has had in NXT at this moment in time. And for someone who debuted, and to be fair, you know, like it, it took time for us to get used to him as well on the podcast. Absolutely, I wasn't too kind of struck by him when he first joined, but he's he's kind of sunk in, and it's it's like when you hear a song enough on the radio, you actually start singing along to it, even though you initially hated it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As Balor tried to get the sleeper, Lee put him off, and then Gagano jumped on there. But he's not like your typical, because I, I I see Gagano and Balor, they're extremely talented guys. Keith Lee is not the most talented, but what he does, he does it well. Yes, I, I think without, and I think what he's saying about him as well is the fact that with the facial expressions and he's telling the story as we go along. And it's like I said, it's the little things, the show of power and the kind of confidence that brings out the character as well. And I think when he when he's doing that, he doesn't need to come off the top rope every time. But then again, with these two guys, he can go, you know, this match, they're not going to be carrying him in this one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what I like about Lee is that he can go with the smaller guys, and maybe him and uh, Gagano at TakeOver. It wasn't the, kind of the best match, but it was telling the story, wasn't it? And I think that's what's vitally important. Well, it does say the winner of tonight's North American Championship match will challenge Adam Cole for the NXT Championship in a two weeks, in a winner-take-all match where both titles will be on the line. Yeah, I mean, what an absolute you know main event that will be in just two weeks here. And then, we'll, of course, we'll bring that to you in the main event of the podcast here today. And at this moment in time, it might be best for Balor and um, Gagano to team up, but even that's not working. Well, they both just dive towards Keith Lee and he's managed to get them both up and slam them both over. I just hope we don't get the the, the stereotypical, like, kind of both of them beating him down and then Keith Lee kind of goes down and then just pushes in and both men go flying. Well, I think the thing with Keith Lee, you can do so many different things. You know, you can do that kind of traditional of going after the big man. Or he can kind of change his style up a little bit as well. I think that's what's uh, something different seen in NXT. You know, no offense to Champa or Gagano or Balor or or anybody else that's come through. He's different to what we've seen. You know, even like people like Sami Zayn and stuff like that. It has been kind of like a predominantly smaller guy kind of field. You know, aside from McIntyre, Kevin Owens, 
Big E and Keith Lee. I don't Joe, think, yeah, is that yeah, yeah. Well, and Joe, yeah. I don't think any of them have been kind of your huskier type fellows. And I think it's good to have a little bit of diversity. And we're seeing NXT is trying to change things up. And of course, like we said, we've got a uh, AEW breathing down their necks and you know going against them on Wednesday. So they're going to have to keep. They can't just put matches in just to fill time like maybe they do on Raw and SmackDown. You know, this is like I said, head to head. People will turn off if it's not interesting. And I think that's why we're seeing bigger matches on NXT TV than we have done. Of course, we've been in NXT Update for five years, you know, and it's it's usually concentrating on one thing. And now we're kind of seeing big matches. Kind of comes unstuck <laughs> until Johnny Gagano helps throw Keith Lee into the steps. Well, you don't see an assisted uh, Irish trip like that often with Gagano, like, pushing a car into a garage. But, James, you know how, like, if you do the sharpshooter by a Canadian, it's more... Painful, an Irish whip by an Irish man, <laughs> and that still didn't get Keith Lee into the steps. It had to be assisted by Gagano. I mean, Finn Balor calls being in as well, and we've talked about. I mean, how do you think? You think he's happy? I know we can't speak for him personally, but his position on the cards and where he is. I think he's happier. He's, you know, he's getting featured a lot more. He's not just in NXT to kind of make other people famous. He's there to kind of make a more of a name for himself. Um, and, you know, he's certainly doing a lot more work. He seems like he's phoning it in less as well. Yeah, and it's just that kind of levistancy. You know, like I said, the matches, are he's always seemed to be delivering, and there's been no kind of niggling injuries or any problem like that. It's kind of been a constant that we're seeing, which I think he, I think he might say to himself, look, you know, I might not be NXT champ, but do I really need to be it? Because it's name value as well. I think the same with Johnny Gagano, the way he's built himself up. You know, there's no doubt Gagano doesn't have to be here. You know, he could be somewhere. He could be a main event job into Ricochet or something like that. But at this moment, he's featured in a high-profile match. Indeed, yes. Um, you know, where other people would kind of get to his position and find it time to move, well, up. Yeah. But it's not necessarily up. It's to the main brand. And I think that's where we've seen people in NXT excelling as well. As you see Balor taking Lee down. But then do you think it's NXT saying, look, Gagano, you've been one of the hottest prospects in NXT for the past few years. Now we're going head-to-head with AEW. We want to be a hot prospect in NXT, kind of fighting the Wednesday Night Wars for us. I do, but I think the Gagano they're using is the wrong one. I think the, the, the face Gagano is as good as any baby face out there. You know, the kind of the way he makes you feel sorry for him. I think as a heel, they're kind of using it wrong. As opposed to Balor, I think this cockiness works a lot better. But has the face Gagano been played out? Have we seen the face Gagano in peril far too many times in the past few years? I mean, he spent a lot of his time being a face against uh, Tommaso Ciampa. I think it's good to see a change up in his character for Gagano, like giving him a heel run. And seeing what he can do with that, you know, maybe even put Tommaso Ciampa as a bit more facey, which he kind of has been portraying recently, mm. and just completely switch the whole uh, scenario on its head. I completely agree, yeah, but it's like the Randy Orton thing, isn't it? When they try to make him face, sometimes a wrestler is better suited to one role. The problem is with Gagano, like I said, he has been so heavily featured over the past uh, three or four years. And that was a great visual there. We see Keith Lee kind of rising up on the apron behind... Uh, Balor grabbing him round the throat, and then the agility of the big man manages to spring over the top, taking both out with a cross body. He was going from corner to Gagano and Balor. Balor with a double leg sweep to stand in double foot drop. Well, Balor will not be put off by this. Like I said, the only man here to hold a world title 
But Lee gets Balor up on his shoulders. He's dropping a few elbows to the head. Locks in that sleeper hold. And Lee looked like he had control. And again, Balor just taking the big man down. I would say Balor's had more control over Lee than most wrestlers we've seen. Well, Johnny Gagano hits Balor with a super. Gagano looking well over the top. PT into cover. One, two. No, broken up by Lee. And Lee there just moving Gagano. And it's... Uh, it's kind of weird to think because Gagano's faced both these men at TakeOver and come up short both times as well. So he's going to be looking, especially if he wants him and Candice. Of course, Candice involved in that number one contendership match next week. Then he's got to get the victory here. But he tries a DDT on Lee. Just too much strength. Well, Lee puts the brakes on. Swings Gagano round to hit Balor in the head. And that gives Johnny a bit of momentum to hit a DDT. But Keith wisely rolls to the outside. And now Gagano going to try and capitalise. Suicide dive. Sends Lee back first into Barricade. I don't think he's finished there either. Uh, takes one for Balor, who catches him. Knees to the midsection. And now maybe trying to hit 19-16 on the outside. No, a pounce from Lee as uh, Gagano was half hoisted by Balor. And I think Gagano went at least 10 feet the other direction. At least 12 foot and bounced off Barricade. Now Keith Lee throwing Finn Balor back in. So I'm presuming for Balor or Gagano to get the victory, they'll need to wait for Keith Lee to finish the match and kind of try and take him out long enough to get the cover on the, uh, the unfortunate victor. Yeah, I think that'd be the best way. But Lee, looking for the powerbomb then, Balor turned into a foot stomp. And we should not count Balor out of this one. He's looking for the end now. No, runs into a super kick from Gagano. Hits one on Lee. Oh. Balor with his running drop kick <laughs> sends Lee onto the back of Gagano, which is fortunate for Gagano that he wasn't on his back. But can Balor now sense his opportunity? Both men down in the coup de grazo. No, Lee back to his feet. Grab Balor by the throat. Uh oh, and Balor's the trouble. No, Gagano with a shot to the back and now using the ropes to try and pin Lee, but he can't. Well, Lee's still too powerful and manages to kick out. Oh. Uh, Garner gets caught in a powerbomb and slammed into Balor. Up onto Lee's shoulders. A big bang catastrophe into a cover. Two. Oh, oh Balor with a coup de grace on Gagano. Well, Lee managed to move and now he picks up Balor. Big bang catastrophe to Finn. One, two, three. Wow. I was a bit surprised Finn Balor was the guy that took the uh, the pin there. But then again, when you're kind of over that way, does it really hurt him? I don't think so. Keith Lee gets the victory down. What are your thoughts on him winning and the match? Um, again, you know, I find the mental that Keith Lee was going to win this match. It was, you know, it was set up in a way for him to get the victory. But, you know, all three men, they put on a great match. And I think, you know, at a pay-per-view, this match could have kind of stole the show. You know, if given a bit more time. But, you know, we now know that Keith Lee is going to go on to defend his title and challenge for another title in the same match. Yeah, what a match that will be, Adam Cole and Keith Lee. But um, just the three men, the chemistry between all three, you can see they put on a, a great show here as well. And uh, like I said, the right man won. Well, on to ratings and WNXT prevailed over AEW. In viewership this week, marking the latest installment of the Wednesday Night Ratings War. Well, according to Figure 4 Online's Brian Alvarez, Dynamite on TNT averaged 633,000 viewers during its two-hour broadcast, 
while NXT on USA Network garnered 786,000 viewers. Wednesday's Dynamite was the final edition of the show before the two-week Fighter Fest event. It was headlined by a confrontation between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy ahead of their upcoming match on the second night of Fighter Fest. And we should say our next podcast on Wednesday will be AEW Fighter Fest. Jericho and Cassidy brawled to the closer show and it was Orange Cassidy who got the upper hand as he put the former AEW world champ through the table. The main event of NXT, a fun freeway, Balor, Lee and Gagano, drew 852,000 viewers, which is a 54% more than Orange Cassidy and Jericho, the main event draw for AEW. So that was almost more than half the audience was watching the main event NXT over what was an AEW. Yes, the segment was down 26% from the first quarter and the lowest quarter. So the lowest quarter in the show's history as well was against there. Uh, Jericho and Cassidy have been the biggest draws for AEW since promotion started. The fact that the segment performed so poorly last week on Dynamite will come as a bit of a surprise to AEW. Well, Dynamite also featured a press conference involving TNT champion Cody and challenger Jake Hager ahead of their title match at Fighter Fest on July the 1st. Hager's wife threw water in Cody's face, but the cooler heads prevailed and there was no... Other key moments of Dynamite included Wardlow beating Luchasaurus in a lumberjack match, FTR defeating SGU, Matt Hardy beating Santana, and both Cage and AEW Women's Champion Hiroki Shida winning tune-up matches leading up to Fighter Fest. The next two episodes of NXT, which air on July the 1st and July 8th, will be titled The Great American Bash to play off in it. Yes, the pay-per-view name has not been used in W since 2012 when they did a Super Smackdown using the Great American Bash name on July 3rd. WWE resurrected the name in 2004 as a pay-per-view and held a yearly show for six years before stopping it. The Great American Bash was one of the staple NWA WWE pay-per-views and was held yearly from 85 to 2000, with the exception of 93 and 94. All right, so now it is time, July 1st, and it is time for the Great American Bash. The Bash is back. Welcome to the Great American Bash. Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis in the first ever NXT Strap Match. Plus, a huge elimination match to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. And NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai goes one-on-one with WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Sasha Banks. The Great American Bash is coming to NXT. Video package running down all tonight's matches opens the show. Mauro Ronaldo starts the show by giving Dusty Rhodes props for inventing the Great American Bash theme. And we're right into the number one contendership elimination match but Dan are you excited for the great American Bash here tonight I am yeah it looks like there's a few good matches there slightly underwhelming but hopefully the kind of good outweighs the bad with these right Dan let's not forget we're going to main event this podcast with Keith Lee versus Adam Cole for both championships on the line NXT and of course we do predictions Dan what prediction leagues Yes, we have four prediction leagues. We have WWE, AEW, NXT pay-per-views, and we also have a bonus league as well. Yeah, the scores at the moment, I am up 6-5 when it comes to WWE pay-per-views. Uh, we're one all on AEW. With NXT, which we're going to focus on tonight, and 3-1 up. And I am 9-8 up on bonus predictions. Yeah. So here we go. It's going to be Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Miriam, and Candice LeRae. And Dan, who have you gone for in this matchup? I have gone for Mia Yim. Oh, and I have gone for Tegan Knox. So both our women are going to start as Kai and LeRae have gone to the outside. And of course, LeRae's had her problems with Mia Yim. And the feud between Tegan Knox and uh, Dakota Kai going all the way back to War Games when she cost her the match. 
Uh, what have you thought of that feud? I think it's been so underrated in NXT at this moment in time, and it's still going right now. I think it has gone on the radar um, at the moment. You know, it's kind of been overshadowed by a lot of a lot of other things going on in NXT. But um, yeah, you know, it's good to keep an eye on, and it's good to see that there's some still some uh, embers burning in that. No doubt, and I've got to say, I love the uh, opening promo as well for Great American Bash and the set for what it is. You know, for the banners and stuff like that. It does look pretty cool, and I do like the cars, even though one's red, one, one's a white one. Yes, um, looks like a couple of Corvettes, obviously American brand of car there. Yeah, and uh, Yim, you've gone for Yim in this one, Dan. Well, why are you going for her in this matchup? Um, I, you know, I think it's good to have a slight change up. Um, obviously, you know, with uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, I think you know them two are going to kind of run each other out of town as Mia Yim and Candice LeRae. But hopefully, it goes to uh, one of the fuse to finish off the match, and uh, Yim versus LeRae will be my few to finish it. Well, I thought of LeRae in this one because I think at this moment in time, she needs kind of momentum on her side. We've seen the hill turn; it's not really working, but. I think as a as a straight out face, I think Tegan Knox, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing that match versus Io Shad, but I think all four women in this match versus Io will be great. And we talked about the men's the women's division again, we're seeing it here. You know, none of these women have been NXT women's champion and it just shows you the strength in depth. Indeed, yes. Um so just quickly no points available, but who do you think is gonna be the first eliminated? Uh probably Yim. Oh thanks. Yeah, I think, no, yeah, I think yeah, Knox yeah. then. Yeah, oh you're gonna pick Knox. Oh well, there you go. But, of course, lots of predictions. And there is a takeover feel to it because, like I said, with this, over two nights as well, it is a bit of counter-programming, there's no doubt, because AEW had announced Fighter Fest uh, in advance, quite, quite far in advance. But do you think it's kind of NXT's way of saying, well, look, you know, you've kind of done things off the back of the head, so we're going to do the same to you? Yeah, I think without a doubt. And, oh, Yim nearly eliminated there. Candice with a German off the top. And uh, you really need this point tonight. Like I said, it's 3-1 at the moment. You need to get back in the game of NXT. I'm shocked. Why do you think you've started the year so up in what I think is your strongest subject? Um, well, with NXT, you know, it's kind of... Uh, I think I've been thinking too much into these predictions and I've been thinking about the bigger picture as opposed to thinking about the here and now. No, I think that's the thing with NXT. It is all about the here and now. And Jim just takes out Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae with the help of Knox. And uh, both our picks going to team up now. So um, we've both gone for faces. That would make most sense to face a heel champion. Yeah, but then again, Io Shai, like we saw her last week. Oh, wait a minute. Candice LeRae just been eliminated. By who? By your pick, Mia Yim. So my pick's one nil up. So, well, Yim. And that was a shock. I thought Candice might be one of the favourites in this matchup. And Knox looking on as well. So our first elimination. So it's turned into a triple threat match. And Kai is ca- caught between a Knox and a hard place. And a hard yim. <laughs> Both women now sending Kai to the corner. And again, Dakota Kai, gone under the radar in her, with her performances. Been a consistent heel on NXT. So wants her comeuppance. Well, both women bundling to cover Dakota Kai. But she still manages to kick out. Ah. Uh, and I think one thing that's definitely with NXT stronger than AEW and we've seen is the women's division. And we're going to see it here tonight. Like we say, EO Shy versus Sasha Banks, who, you know, Shy's been a bit of a heel. We know Banks is. Does it matter? No, because it's going to be a great match. And in this one as well, like we said, we already know this is going to be a number one contendership match. The division is just brilliant and it you definitely kind of need to look at. But again, you know, despite us moaning about it, AEW have been kind of winning the Wednesday Night Wars as of late. 
despite their lack of uh, women's division. Yeah, and you would say NXT won the ratings due to put the probably three biggest guys they got in the main event last week. And like I said, with the Great America Bash, can the women tonight uh, prove it in the, the ratings war? But it's just great that there's so many people watching wrestling on Wednesday. And of course, we'll bring you both events as Yim and Knox now trading. Well, do you think that women's wrestling kind of does go underrated in any brand, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I don't think it's appreciated as much as it should be. Especially as, like, um, if you go back to the two thousand early 2000s, I'd kind of skip the women's matches. You know, again, no disrespect to them, but they was, for want of a better word, kind of, like, degrading to women. Like, you know, you'd have the bra and you'd have the good housekeeping matches, and it was kind of more of a mockery as opposed to what we see in nowadays, as in, uh, you know, bloody good matches. Yeah, no, I completely agree with it. I think that's a change, and I think we're going to see it. You know, we've got four events coming up. This is the start of it on the WNR. We've got the Great American Bash NXT bringing us right now. It's going to feature great women's wrestling. We've got AEW on Wednesday, which is going to have women's wrestling, of course, we know, with Oscar involved. Uh, we've got Slammiversary and Impact. You know, the knockout division, you could argue, was the women's revolution before it had even begun. When you talk about Gail Kim and people like that, who paved the way for NXT and people like Mia Yim, who's dominating this match right now, to have an opportunity, you know? So... And then, of course, finishing it up. So it's, it's going to be interesting times, without a doubt. And I think the women's wrestling is going to be is at a level now where it's not looked at as it was back then. These are as good as performances as the men. And that's what we've seen on NXT these past couple of years. You look at Oscar and Nikki Cross and their match, last women's standing match that we saw. Has, has a man, men's last man standing match been as good as that the past five years? No. No. I, I think that's what we're seeing. Oh, is Jim trying to get rid of Kai, but Knox... Rolling her up. One, two. No, Jim manages to escape. Uh, Is it a bonus point for Ulam? No. No? All right, fair enough. Oh, no. Soul food. But Knox. defeat, whatever it's called. Well, Knox managing to get to the outside. Mia Jim a bit frustrated there. She could have had uh, another woman eliminated. And Kai rolling her up. Two, three. Ah. And Mia Jim, Dan's pick, is eliminated. And yes, I'm... Come on, Dakota Kai. Smug look on my face. Because my pick, Tegan Knox is still in there with Dakota Kai. But both women have had it taken out of them. And again, this feud is culminating here at the Great American Bash. Both women are going to desperately want this match. It's so much at stake. Like I said, not only being number one contender, but also uh, the personal animosity between the two best friends. And Former now, best friends, yeah. yeah. Bitter enemies. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They absolutely despise each other. It's a simple story. But when told, works really well. See, both sporting their knee braces as well. Horrific injuries when you think about Tegan Knox two torn ACLs to keep her out, missing the May Young Classic both times. It's got to be heartbreaking. And now you see two women just slogging it out. You can tell, you just you look at them and you can tell they dislike each other. As I think Kai might be getting the advantage. Oh, sorry, it's not two Corvettes, it's a Corvette and a Dodge. Looks like a Charger, SRT. Is that a good car? Good car Is it yeah. made by Ford? Dodge. So is there only Ford cars there? No. But Ford's American though. Yeah. Not no? entirely. Not entirely. I thought it's, in Detroit. I what was in Detroit? Belgium. They, they get manufactured here. Okay. It's a Belgian. Well, they, they was Henry. Uh, Henry Ford is obviously American, but the cars get made in Belgium now. See, there you go. The more you know. This is what Dan bringing us facts about this. It's something I couldn't do on the podcast. As Knox now with the slap caving in Dakota Kai's chest. You can see her face. And the woman with the shiniest wizard would love to cap this injury-plagued couple of years with an opportunity for the NXT Women's Championship. 
Come on, Dakota Kai. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter about that. I don't care who wins as long as it's not Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox now trying to build some momentum. And a huge uppercut and Kai's in trouble. Upper what? Where's Gonzalez? Well, Gonzalez banned for ringside because, you know, it's unfair disadvantage. Think how many times she's cost Tegan Knox matches. As Knox now got a wide, wild look in her face. It's a huge sauna. And now Knox trying to go for the cover, but no, Kai managed to kick out. Ah, uh, does Tegan Knox know how to put Kai away? Well, I think this is the thing. I think the confidence might have been shattered a little bit, not just with the injuries, but we're coming back and not being able to get the job done. It will prove tonight, if Knox can pull this off, that she has passed it. And that was a great move there. Fall away slam and stayed bridge into the cover. And this is the thing with Tegan Knox. And, and of course, another thing as well that has, has, has been announced, you know, since the podcast is, uh, of course, with Knox coming out and basically saying that, yes, she is gay and, and the reception has been brilliant. And she said it's thanks to people like Sonia Deville, who's kind of helped her. And, you know, like I say, fair play. It doesn't, you know, if, if she's happy in that position, then and by all means, in this day and age, go with it, you know, as she could celebrate having a fantastic relationship with an NXT title opportunity as uh, Knox going up. Can she finish this from the top? No. Kai, Kai comes in with a running kick, throws Knox off the top. Oh, Kai is the perennial party pooper. Oh, my God. Oh, that was one of the most brutal backbreakers I've seen. Into a cover. But no, Knox managing to kick out. Uh, Well, Knox still in this one. But the problem is, we talked about with Knox, has Dakota Kai made an enemy for life in Tegan Knox? Is she bitten off more than she can chew? Will she ever be rid of Tegan Knox? (sighs) We've seen it with Chump and Gunner entwined. Well, they are, yeah. I think their histories are forever going to be laced. But, you know, as as we've always said, I think, both women are going to move on to bigger and better things in the future of WWE. And you can see Tegan Knox grabbing hold of that uh, injured leg or knee brace of Kai, who had the exact same injury as Tegan Knox. I mean, we're not mentioning that with her. So she's looking now to put Knox away. Was carry now backslide, sit out face buster into a cover. One, two, no. Well, unfortunately, Kai managed to kick out. Ah. You gotta ask yourself a question. I mean, did they build this up in a way you can feature Yim and Larray and save that feud and we'll give this centre stage in this elimination match? Because this is what it's turned into now, hasn't it? They've been a singles match longer than it was a four way, as Kai might have the pin, no knocks, using her power, but caught in a submission. Ah, she's rolling up Kai, but Kai managing to release the hold and kick out. Ah. Well, that's the best thing. I mean, Kai nearly beat herself then, as Knox using the head. Kai's down to one knee as Knox climbs up to the top turnbuckle. Molly go round, hits it perfectly, and now in position. Shiniest wizard. Go on, into the cover. Kick out, one, kick out, two, kick out. Three. Ah. <laughs> Son of a gun. And Tegan Knox is the new number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. She gets her first opportunity at that fair played to her i thought this match was good like we said it kind of broke down a little bit and it became more of a singles match than it did a four-way i didn't mind it though when you've got the history between kai and Knox, and like we mentioned Knox now gets the definitive victory over kai what are your thoughts on the match itself like? um well you know the match it was good it was very uh you know it kind of played out really well and it's kind of like the ultimate redemption story for tegan Knox. you know after being cheated out of victory so many times Due to uh, Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Dakota Kai's kind of shady behaviour that she's kind of got redemption 
And it's not only like saying that, you know, I've kind of beat you to end this feud. She's saying that I've beat you to earn a shot at the Women's Championship as well. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Uh, And it means that I go 1-0 up after the first match. Well, Mackenzie Mitchell wants to talk to Damien Priest. He addresses the camera directly, running down his issues with Cameron Grimes and challenging Grimey to a match. Well... Well, our next match is Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Lorcan. What cracker this should be. Prediction-wise in this one, I have gone for... I love Oni Lorcan, but I had to go Timothy Thatcher. Yeah, it's going to be a Thatcher's Can style wrestling match here, and I've gone for Timothy Thatcher also. What are your reasonings behind it? Is it just because he's on a roll and he destroyed Riddle? I'm still happy that he beat Matt Riddle, yeah. I think, you know... Any man who beats Matt Riddle is good in my books. And the way he beat him as well. Is this style something that we need to see a bit more? We talk about the British wrestling style. This Thatcher's Thatcher can, or Catcher's Catch can style. Is it something that has to, you know, be seen? Or is it a style that maybe, you know, is past its... Uh, no, I think it's good, you know, especially when you've got wrestlers that are able to go... Uh toe-to-toe in this style with Timothy Thatcher as well. And I think um, Only Larkin is certainly one that can hold his own. Yeah, I think Danny Birch in a match with Thatcher as well. I know it's a British style, but you know, it's with these two American guys. It just shows you that there is a style. And again, I think it's good because it makes the matches different then. It's not the same thing we're seeing match. We know this is going to be completely different to what uh, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole's going to be, you know, because of the... The Matt style. I would love to see Pete Dunne and Thatcher one-on-one, though. Yeah, you know, Pete Dunne could, uh, when he returns, say, look, you know, you cost us the tag team titles. I want a shot of redemption against you. But then, you know, could there be kind of a, a tertiary title in NXT for this kind of wrestling style? I don't know how they'd do it, how they'd go about you it. You could have a catch this catch can championship or something like that, you know, and... Uh, Bit like, you know, with Thatcher saying, like, this is my, my title, someone beat me for it. And NXT will say maybe, like, oh, we don't recognise it. But then he goes round and just proving someone. And then, like I said, the young guys can step up and uh, wrestle Thatcher and maybe, you know, earn his respect in that way, if that's the kind of way you want to play it. But also, they've got kind of like a, an independent adjudicator saying, look, you know, do style points as well. So style points goes towards the outcome of the match. Well, they take downs, you know, some, uh, we will talk about, you know, how many pin attempts and stuff like this, even how many times you've been on the ground, you know. Uh, and someone like Oni Lorcan, who we've seen wrestle in so many different places, you know, this is what he can do. And uh, there's, I think there's definitely a place for this as Lorcan grabs the arm. And I think with Oni Lorcan, it's a shame because I think if him and Danny Birch deserve so much more, you know, rather than being the guy who loses to the guy, I would love to see him have a proper opportunity at some point. At being the guy. At, be, at being a guy, you know. And Thatcher is, is very few people that come into NXT who who get my attention straight away. And he is someone that, with his look and his style, definitely, again, stands out. Yeah, you know, he's he's not someone that you'd immediately have thought, you know, well, he has actually got abundance of talent. You don't see enough of this. And unfortunately, I think this only appeals to a very niche market. I mean... There's so many Kenny Omega marks, but I'd rather fucking see a two-hour Timothy Thatcher match than a two-hour Kenny Omega match. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, because it's a simple way of telling the story. And we mentioned this on our Winning Regal special uh, last week, the, the way the kind of what he did in the match, it, everything mattered. And I think with this style, it, it does, you know, even the kind of reversing on it. Yes, it might look slow. Yes, you might 
turn of channel, come back, and they might be in the same position. But that's what wrestling is in certain ways, you know? But you've just got to kind of look at what they're doing. They're kind of... This is going back to the wrestling you'd kind of see in the Olympics. It's kind of what you'd see in a UFC ring. And I think this is the kind of demographic that NXT especially are trying to appeal to with these kind of matches. You know, they're saying, look, you know, you can go out there, count 10 super kicks, you can do 16 high spots, but can you do this? I mean, you know, this perfect chain wrestling, which just goes and links from one move to another. And again, you know, neither of these two guys has got a clear upper hand going into this. It is just, you know, backwards and forwards, trying to outwit, trying to out-wrestle the opponent, you know, trying to do all they can. And, you know, you kind of don't really see so much of this since Kurt Angle, you know, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, these guys were the masters at doing that kind of wrestling. But is it also about the people who were able to do this? Do you know what I mean? Like you said, you've, you've got to be able to kind of to wrestle, whereas some guys, and this is the problem, only hit like five or six moves in a match, and that's kind of all they know. You know, it's, it's very slam, suplex, I th- that kind of thing. I think more guys than you know are able to do this. They just don't. You know, it's kind of, you know, where they've been trained in the Americanized way, the Vince McMahon kind of way, the WWE kind of way of wrestling. It's been kind of programmed out of them. Whereas, you know, you kind of wouldn't catch the likes of Roman Reigns doing this. You know, maybe Seth Rollins probably at a push, not as well as these guys. But, you know, I think Finn Balor could do it. Pete Dunne definitely could do it. Um, but, you know, you're not going to see Keith Lee kind of rolling around, exchanging moves with guys like this. Yeah, I think that would be, I think that's a fair statement. I think this is the thing we're seeing. And even little things with Lorcan maybe coming back into the match, Thatcher sending him on the outside, landed on his uh, wrist. And you know Thatcher's going to kind of target that now throughout the rest of the match. And that was nice, belly to belly suplex. But like I say, it's good to have different things. It's, if, you, if you're eating the same, you know, chocolate cake every day you're gonna get sick of it aren't you do you know what absolutely, i mean absolutely yeah you can't have it for breakfast lunch and dinner you've got to try different things but then like you know you chuck a match or two of this quality into it i know it's not going to tickle the dave Meltzers of the world you know because you're not going to have 20 false finishes you're just going to have two guys that know how to wrestle that love to wrestle mm-hmm. trying to outwit each other every turn and i think that makes for a better pay-per-view because then like you know you're going to have the Keith Lee versus uh, Adam Cole match later on, which is going to have the Dave Meltzer feel yeah. to it. I think without a doubt. And you can see it even there with uh, Thatcher trying to suplex Lorcan in. He wouldn't be able to. And then Lorcan exploded out there with the uppercut, taking Thatcher down. Now trying for that single leg crab. We've seen him hitting that before. And Lorcan's just got so much fight in him. He doesn't back down. We've seen it countless of times. And now with chops and uppercuts, and again, they've turned it up a level, and now it's gone from the kind of mat wrestling to actually laying it in, and now the moves seem more because of it. And I yeah. think that's what gets missed out a lot. And look at that, just grabbing the face to Lorkin and slapping him, and now like a mini Hulk up, and the eyes of both men as they stare at each other, and Thatcher realised that was a mistake. I think Lorkin has actually put up a... Then Matt Riddle has. <laughs> and he, he responds with a slaps. I'm based definitely at this moment. And now Lorkin. Single leg Boston. What can Timothy Factor do to kind of wangle his way out of this? Is he going to tap? I'd love to see Lorkin win this one. I'd, you know, especially with the push 
the fact has been given over beating Matt Riddle, I don't think Lorkin is going to be able to get the victory. No. Uh, I think, oh, we see it there, Thatcher. We wondered how he's going to get out, reversing it, and then look at that. It's like a Kimura lock on the leg of Lorcan. And the way the knee is bent back and Lorcan got nowhere to go. Well, then look, that's not successful immediately. Changes it up. Both men to their feet and Lorcan with a huge couple of chops. Third one blocked and a slap just to the face. And don't forget about that injured wrist from earlier as well. That's why it took so much out of him. And now underhook. And a huge slam, going for the cover. No, he cradled the neck. Lorcan got up at two. Two. But Thatcher's he's still got hold of him. And again, you've not got a wasted motion. <laughs> and it's just a simple fish hook from Lorcan as well. <laughs> Absolutely love it. That gave him a chance to grab the arm. The Fujiwara armbar. How and much more can Lorcan take? Well, he's struggling. And maybe he has to think long term, and he does. Well, there's only so much a man can take. <laughs> and that... Was definitely that, my But Thatcher, God. despite the bell ringing, refuses to release the hold. Oh, come on, ref. Well, Thatcher gets the win. And look at him, Danny, smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in the gob. He's got a smile on his face. He's on a on a mini roll. It's kind of slightly slipping under the radar, but you know it's there. Without a doubt. So what are your thoughts on that match? Again, I absolutely love it. It's uh, it's kind of a break from the norm, and it's a, it's a good little change up to, you know, kind of what we usually see. And, uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Both men, masters of the game as well. I'd like to see more of this uh, Timothy Thatcher-style wrestling matches that you can have with anyone. Um, and, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, a brilliant match. Um, after that, scores, uh, we both get points, so it's 2-1 to me. Well, we go on to more women getting represented. I mean, the third match in, this is a second match involving women and Robert Stone. And uh, a pay-per-view for Aaliyah or Nymph. Nymph. Well, we see Karen Cross video, though. He calls out certain entitled... In they put time in, but it's never been about that. Scarlett says this brand is about to be defined by suffering. Cross says time is almost up. Tick-top. And like you said, another woman in a position of power. Scarlett Bordeaux with Karen Cross. But right now, like I said, Rhea Ripley. And has anybody fallen from grace as much as Rhea Ripley has in these past few months? Uh, on such a tear, we talk about the kind of Keith Lee of the women's division, Survivor Series winning over you know both matches over the weekend, and then facing Charlotte WrestleMania, it all goes down here. What happened, Charlotte? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you think it's a loss of confidence with WWE to booking her, or do you think it's a match with Charlotte? Charlotte said maybe. Uh, Ripley's not up to my standard, or do you think it's what they saw at Mania, or, or, or attitude leading up to it? Well, I think the um, the reasoning behind it was uh, look at the long term program and kind of Io Shirai coming out and getting the victory after the dust had kind of settled. I think that's the uh, the main looking point, and that was kind of the main ambition for it. But Ra Ripley, I think you know she is still predominantly in the spotlight. I know she's not in the main the women's main event, but She's still here. She's still being represented. She's still in a match on a pay-per-view. And again, you know, she's not going to get the Charlotte factor. She's not going to get right. Well, had the title, so she automatically deserves another one. Nope. You know, the next woman, uh, Tegan Knox, has kind of, she's put herself to that queue. And I think that's great because it's not overexposure. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, don't, I completely agree with the fact that not overexposure, but the thing is with Ripley, she needed to win that match at, at WrestleMania, 
and then she needs to be hot and move her up to the main roster. There's not anybody in NXT more ready. I mean, she's got that star look about her. I think that's what we're kind of seeing in this one. I think she needs to uh, deserves a position. I think Numph or a liar, as it was, I think to be here. I mean, how long ago were we talking about Numph? Four or five years ago. Absolutely, yeah. She's uh, been in the system for so long, and now she's finally getting an opportunity. Um, as for Robert Stone, I think you knew this, but look, um, that Tony Khan and Robert Stone, this is basically a piss take on Tony Khan, who's in AEW at this moment in time, having a guy who kind of wants to be involved with the wrestlers. That's why they look quite similar as well. I know we haven't mentioned it, I think we should. And now he's in um, a match. And, I mean, could they beat Ripley? That's, I don't know about prediction-wise. Dan, who have you gone for? I have gone for Robert Stone and Aaliyah. To lose. I too have gone Ray Ripley. Is there a chance that an upset could happen? It is two on one. Um, well, it's gone up from half a percent to one percent chance that Aaliyah Robert Stone can get. Well, there we go. Wait a minute. Stone proved a distraction and Aaliyah or Numph grabs on the back of Ripley. Managed to avoid a big boot as well. She's got to use her speed in this one and that's impressive. Oh, ends up with a uh, takedown. And Robert Stone's just grabbing a foot of Ripley. She's distracted. In comes Aaliyah. A and, huge kick. And just think Robert Stone to have Ripley in his brand, but no, Ripley managed to kick out. Ah. Of course, Robert Stone or Robbie E, as he was in TNA or uh, Impact, you know, had quite a successful run there. So he is quite a, a talented individual, but obviously they're using him at this moment in time. Should AEW take offence or should it actually be, do you know what? You know, uh, like we say, imitation is the most form of flattery, but then... You know, what, so it's all right for Cody to come out and smash up a frame with a sledgehammer, but it's not all right for Robert Stone to be kind of loosely portrayed on Tony Khan. Uh, I think that's what You know, saying, what's though. good for the goose is good for the gander think if you want to actually come out with a little f- saying or when, phrase. When Bro- Brody Lee was uh, doing apparently the Vincent Mann things, people were saying, oh, that's not fair because you're, you're making a mockery and they're doing the same with Robert Stone. Have we seen that today like they did with Drake Maverick? We've seen him throwing up in a ring. Uh, are they just using him and then when they're finished with him, they'll just be like, that's done. But then, you know, we've seen kind of a dramatic U-turn with Drake Maverick. We've seen the quivering mess, you know, pissing himself because he got grabbed by the throat of um, by Big Show. But then, like, you know, it's the same man that's kind of put his heart and determination into becoming a cruiserweight champion. You know, it's it's like, well, which one can he be? Which one is he? What, was he only, when he was like, the general manager of 205 Live, he was just the general manager and he was no longer associated with being a wrestler? Or, you know, what? I think the difference is this ain't likeable about Drake Maverick. I'm not having a go at Robert Stone. Uh, well, obviously I am. But I think with Drake, you know, especially that storyline... With him involved, just I think caught everybody's attention. Whereas Robert Stone, I just feel, I don't know, you know, like I said, he's wrestling women, and that's not a shot, but the way WWE that, and if Ray Ripley, you know, there's no doubt Ripley could probably beat most of the men on the roster, you know, but uh, when it comes to this, you know, I don't think it's got any long term value. As a liar now, and Robert Stone had a double submission on Ripley, just slowly wearing her down. Have Elia and Robert Stone already had too much offence in this match, or do you think it's justifiable being a two-on-one match? No, I thought it should have been over a couple of minutes. I yeah. think, you know, old distraction, Nitty getting her beaten, and then Ripley just being like, nah, fuck you, double riptide, job done. I think with this, it makes it... Again, Ripley has not looked strong since WrestleMania, yeah. and, and I think she needs a couple of 
decisive victories and a bit of direction. And I think at the moment, I know this is a kind of mini feud, but... Well, Ra Ripley, they're just turning the tides and hitting a double suplex and Robert Stone. But like I say, it's great to see Aaliyah in this position after working so hard for so long. You know, if, if no, like I said, been no story of her just waiting for a moment, waiting for a moment. But then don't we get fed up with Braun Strowman beating like so decisively in a two-on-one? Yeah, but Braun Strowman hasn't been, didn't lose at WrestleMania. You know, if he'd have lost to Goldberg and then had this kind of handicap match with Miz and Morrison, that would have been completely different. Strowman before WrestleMania, I would agree with you. That would have been quite similar. But I think with Ripley, you know, this is a thing that's just, it's, it's taken her time until she, what, you know, hopefully she faces you shy soon. But then, can you not think, think like, well, you know, this has kind of uh, knocked her confidence. You know, losing to Charlotte, losing in the triple threat match, this is kind of like, is she kind of thinking, well, what am I worth? It, yeah. And then she's got a lot of doubt in her. This is being portrayed, you know, can I actually achieve much in my life? And it's kind of, you know, knocking her doubt. If that's the case, show it. You know, Have her say it or have her mum say, oh, she came back to Australia and she was saying that she lost her confidence. You know, and play off that in that way rather than us having to think, all right, you know, well, why is she like this for? As well, Rip- Ripley threw Stone, or threw Aaliyah, sorry, into Stone's... Um, I think Taddywhacker would be the best way of saying it. Yes. And then he pulled up, but unsuccessful. Personally, I think The Rock should come back and be part of the Stone brand. <laughs> 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 and now Ripley has got both of them placed in the middle of the ring. We've seen a submission before, but never on the double. The inverted Texas Cloverleaf. Robert Stone's tapping. Aaliyah's tapping on Robert Stone. Four tapping. Yes, and the foreshadowing and Ray Ripley... I mean, the match was a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. But then towards the end, it looked like Rhea was having fun. It looked like she was kind of doubting herself. As the match wore on, her confidence came back, you know, throwing Aaliyah into Robert Stone's... uh... Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, you know, the kind of way she finished it, the smile that she had on her face when the match was over as well. I think, you know, it's kind of... It was a little story in the match. I would agree. It was it was good for what it was, I suppose. Uh, and scores are three two to me still. We then get a stylish video. Roderick Strong facing his fear of Dexter Loomis, and that bleeds right into his entrance for the strap match. Yes. So, um, James, who are you going to go for in this match? Well, next match: Strong and Loomis. And prediction wise, I have gone for Dexter Loomis. I too have gone. Dexter Loomis. And what are your reasonings for that? I think, you know, uh, the fear factor pays in it a lot in the in the part of uh, Dexter Loomis. You know, you kind of, if you want a story about someone doubting himself, Roderick Strong certainly is. I mean, you know, he's been crapping himself for a few weeks now. <laughs> Literally, you know, being bundled into um, a boot. <laughs> you know, it's... He's got PTSD. <laughs> he has, yes. <laughs> That is one brilliant way of putting it, and I'm sure them two cars at ringside might play a part in this as well. Well, it's been interesting, and I've really taken to Dexter Loomis, and that kind of character is something that we've not had in a in a very long time. This kind of, I will say it, weirdo-type way of um, thinking he's a bit out there. Of course, we saw him, oh, I saw him in Impact Wrestling, and it was kind of the same character, and it works because he is a creepy-looking dude. And I think this feud, the Undisputed Era, has definitely played that well. Because sometimes 
you can play a bit too over the top. You know, like Al Snow or a little bit of this. And he, I think he's got it down really well where it's kind of like... It's, An intimidating crazy. Yeah, I mean, even now, look at him. Just He's, he's got his stare on, on strong. And like I said, he's a big guy. And but I mean, if that came down, you'd be like, wait a minute. Do you think it gets a bit weird though? Or do you like his intensity? Like, you know, how he kind of... His whole entrance, he's not kind of, you know, doing any moves. He's just literally walking down, staring, and he just kind of drags himself across the ring while still maintaining eye contact with his opponent. I think I doubt, and I think it's cold and calculated, and, and you know, you call it all these things on the Netflix with the, the kind of, the, you know, the murder and the, and the serial killers and stuff like that. I think that's kind of, it's apt for this time to have a character like that. Obviously, he's not going to murder Roderick Strong, but... Do you think his moustache kind of makes him look a lot more psychopathic? <laughs> Because it's like, why has he got a moustache? Like, he's, he's, he's all right. And you can see, it's a strap match. The first time ever in NXT we're going to get a strap match. And Strong, the former North America champion, is not happy. I'll tell you one thing. He wouldn't look out of place as a Nazi synthesizer with a fucking, <laughs> with a massive swastika tattooed on his back or something. I'm not saying, you know, that's what well, Dexter Loomis is into. I hear that was the first rejected gimmick. So, <laughs> so. But, you know, he, he looks the part that would fit, you know, I could see him in a film being a complete, you know, Nazi supporter and, you know, being a, a son of Hitler or something. I think it's true. <laughs> I think you get there. Uh, so we've both done predictions. I mean, we do keys to victory. I mean, what does Strong have to do if he wants to win? And wait a minute, maybe this was his plan all along. He hasn't got the strap on yet and he's gone to attack Loomis. But that's kind of come unstuck as Loomis almost immediately stands up and he goes back on the attack with Roderick Strong. But what I'd like to see is Dexter Loomis beat Strong down and put the, str- oh, what put the strap on his wrist as he's doing so right this instant. I mean, you know, that's kind of like, look, you're in this position now and you're my bitch. And Strong realises and he's panicking. And Loomis can just do what he wants. But do you, do you think this is too comedic on the part of Roderick Strong? I mean, someone who kind of quite seriously before to be kind of freaked out by something like this or do you think it's portrayal of character i think he's doing a good job i think it shows that he can do different things you know rather than having to be a kind of you know his story of going from just like a, a member of undisputed era to now the story kind of i know adam cole's the champion but this is what the story's been about with dexter loomis involved and them trying to help strong out i think it adds another layer and i think it shows that the undisputed era actually care for each other even without championship, you know, there's a kind of brotherhood there. And they don't know how to handle Loomis. And we've talked about, you know, for over whatever, how many days Adam Cole's had a title, the Undisputed Era have had a plan, and Loomis has just taken that and just kind of ripped the rule book out. You can see Strong's looking at the back of his head, and he's just thinking, like, where's my guys? Has anybody come help me? So what are your thoughts on strap matches, then? Is this uh, the typical shot of touch, four corners... I think this is just ring. this is just pinfall. But obviously, we've seen different strap matches. I mean, probably the most famous ones I can recall, uh, JBL and Eddie Guerrero in a strap. No. See, my favourite one, the one that sticks out in my mind, JTG versus Shad Gaspard, just after crime time kind of split up and uh, Shad accused uh, JTG of kind of holding him back, strapping him down and that, and that led to the strap match and overcame power in that match i don't think we've seen the strap match used a lot i mean it's more of a kind of southern thing maybe back in the day but you know we're definitely uh i remember triple h and the rock uh, having a, a great strap match between the two i think that was fully loaded back in 99 
and you know the kind of intensity. But I think with a strap match, the feud needs to be right because they need to kind of like we said, the storyline is strong wants to get away from Loomis, and the strap is working because he can't. He's got no excuses yeah. now. But then you know that could kind of be a hell in a cell match. That could be a cage match, or is it like you know right? I want you to be tethered to me now, <laughs> so like you know you can't escape. And then the undisputed era get involved. Right, okay. What other way can I can we be together mm. in a close environment without the undisputed era being able to get involved? Hell in a cell, cage match. But I think it's a chance for them to say first time ever as well with a strap match. And I think that's is saying that uh, can work for them maybe somewhere down the line because, like I said, we've had Russian chain matches and stuff like that in WWE, but with a kind of old fashioned. James, we've had a fucking Punjabi prison match. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We've had stuff, but and this is the story. I mean, Roderick Strong. The more he hangs in this match, the tougher he now looks because he was so scared. Now he's overcoming his fear, and in my eyes, kind of making him look a little bit stronger. But Loomis there, making him look a bit Roderick stronger. <laughs> Loomis there with a the, the throw over the top. There's no doubt Roderick is, uh, you know, bumping around for the big man, and Loomis looked very impressive. And now. Well, you don't get any more basic than that. Straight right hand to the heads. So what could go up for Loomis then? Is he a bit too close to the kind of carrying cross character or is he far enough away for these two kind of... Because they both seem like, you know, big imposed stalker type guys. Yeah, but Loomis versus Cross would be a cracking match, you know? Like, let's talk about two guys that just don't give a shit. Maybe that's something they can build up with Loomis. It depends how popular. You know, like I said, that problem at the moment, we haven't heard the fan response. And on yeah. Twitter, you know, it's kind of... It's always a bit hit and miss, so it depends the kind of reaction. But Loomis is definitely a guy who, you know, but then again, Vince Man might look at him and go, right, we'll call him up next week. But that's someone who needs time to develop in NXT to get used to it. As Roger Strong with a punch in the corner, but Loomis now just got hold of Strong. A very precarious position <laughs> with his head between his legs while being perched on the second rope. And she gets a huge right hand to the face. I think Strong was just having to be punched in the face at that point. As he goes to the outside. And Loomis stalking him. And that's what we're seeing. Well, I've seen someone getting whipped during a strap match. <laughs> that's in and out of wrestling, isn't it, though? So. Oh, look. And we're going to see it now. Loomis keeps hearing you. I think me and him are connected. You do look similar, actually. You talk about Nazi use. But uh, <laughs> Loomis strong avoids the impact. Wow, and avoids a step side, but kind of used him as a stepping stone to jump over. I think that was kind of the better option for Strong as opposed to going knees first into him, though. Now Dexter just got that kind of stool. He's not looked anywhere else apart from Roderick Strong in his entire match. And now they're going up the entranceway. And this is not looking good for Strong. Sent into the stage up there. Not too keen on his tattoos. They're too blocky. But Loomis looking towards the uh, parked car on the entranceway. <laughs> he loves his cars. And now he knows how to operate a boot if you ever saw one. It's a trunk, James. Ah, tomato, tomato, isn't it? As Roger Strong now's worst fear has come to realisation. But Strong can't run away, but he drags Loomis like midsection first into the stage area. And a huge shot to the face, and now again using that strap. Have we ever had a trunk match or a boot match where it's like a casket <laughs> match, but the loser gets locked into a boot? No, but I expect that the next takeover between these two guys, <laughs> the trunk. Um, let's say. Is this a strap match? Is this the end of the feud for them? Or is this continuing now? And then we're going to have a trump, uh, a trunk. It depends how this kind of match ends itself, really. Oh, Strong now has got Loomis. Strong slam or angle slam or Olympic slam. On those mats. And how thin are those mats, Dan? 
Well, they're the NXT ones, and they're in the performance center, so they're a lot thinner. But they are for the Great American Bash, so they're slightly thicker than thin. And now Strong might have an advantage, finally. First time we've seen Loomis actually down. So we know kind of Strong's goal is kind of, you know, redemption, facing your fears, fighting your fears, beating your fears. What's Loomis wanting out of this? Well, that's what I say. He had a weird relationship with Velveteen Dream. And ever since that, you know, helping him out, and ever since what's happening with Dream, he's kind of been quietly dropped, hasn't he? So Loomis has kind of gone singly about it. But at the moment, it's personal where... He just wants to take out the Undisputed Era, but they've not, like you said, they've not really done anything to um, put him in that mindset, I suppose. I mean, recent times, yes, but not when it first began. Or maybe just with Loomis, he targets a guy, much like, you know, I don't know if serial killers do, they pick one guy out and they'd be like, right, that's the next victim. Yeah, you know? overcome him, move on to the next victim. Yeah. Until he finally destroys all of NXT. But strong to his credit, though, is bringing a fight and he knows, you know, like I said, we talk about the North American champion facing the NXT champion, which Balor Cagano strong, finds himself as a former champ right down that list. And a victory over Loomis will propel him back up. And you don't want to be known as a weak link either in the Undisputed Era. No, certainly not. Especially as uh, their pursuit of gold, it started so well, but it's kind of potentially could come to an end. To- and now strong with the strap around Loomis and just wearing him out in midsection. He's got a waist lock locked in. And he hits Loomis with an elbow there whilst trying to escape him. Into a cover, but Loomis managing to kick out. Oh. I think it's the first time in this match and in the whole card here tonight that things have just slowed down a little bit. Obviously, this match has been given a bit more time. And we've just managed to kind of catch our breath. We've only got one more match after this to the end of night one. And then we move on to night two. So, like I said, it's it's gone at quite a, a, a brisk pace, but... I suppose at this moment in time, this is a match that kind of, you know, been dominant and in NXT the past couple of weeks. You know, this kind of storyline with Loomis and Strong. But is it a culmination of this story or is it just a continuation? I think with the length now, I'm hoping that this is going to be the kind of end of this because where else can they go? Strong show that maybe he's not that afraid anymore. And now Loomis has got to show a different side of him. Because this isn't being billed as an NXT takeover, is it? Only in our eyes is it an NXT takeover. But I feel with a great American Bash, I think it makes sense. You know, and especially with the way the card is. Of course, with the main event coming. Loomis barely making his way to his feet before Roderick Strong comes charging towards him. Second time attempt from Strong, but he gets caught with a huge clothesline. Turns him inside out this time. And now here comes Loomis with the right hand. Knocking him down three times. Seems to be back in the ascendancy in this one. Clothesline in the corner. Running Bulldog. Going for the cover. Maybe one of the first covers in this match. But only gets a two. Two. So the longer this match goes on, the more Dexter Loomis is going to be kind of worrying. Well, this is the thing. We've not seen him take that much punishment. Plus, we don't know uh, what he's got in the tank. We know Roderick Strong can go for any amount of times. We've seen War Games matches last, you know, 45 minutes. And especially, like, you know, the kind of the fear factor for Roddy's gone. You know, he's kind of been twined to him for what 15 minutes now and you know he's still kind of managing to partly give as good as he's getting I think without a doubt as now Loomis with the uh, the whipping of Strong and using that gloved hand to just take out the oxygen of Strong's body and now looking to maybe end things now but Strong fighting it Strong managing to get out of it but you can see with the strap being twisted caught up into each other Strong with a knee is that an unknown entity that could kind of uh hamper 
the way this match kind of rolls smoothly. I think without doubt, I think we saw Strong there struggle, caught up in that. You get, you know, you you get caught, you fall basically. There's nothing you can do because unfortunately Strong he's got a 300 pound man attached to it. And now they're going to look to superplex. Loomis is fighting out, but Strong's using that strap to wrap it around the face of Loomis. Made his way to the top rope, huge superplex. We can see it there as he tried the superplex. It was kind of wrapped around the throat. He had to unwrap it and then hit the move. And now Strong can't put Loomis away. Imagine a kick out. Ah. And now it's like Roderick Strong going to hog tie Dexter Loomis. And now puts him in a submission. Very innovative use of the strap. <laughs> Loomis drags himself out of the ring and onto the mats below. Alleviating the uh, hold that Roderick Strong had over him. Well, Loomis throwing Strong in, but you can see where the strap is. Oh, wait a minute. Bobby Fish. Well, sneaks in behind, takes the legs of Dexter Loomis out. This might be Strong's chance. And a, a huge Yakuza kick into the cover to... No. Loomis managing to kick out. Ah. And was that Roger Strong's best chance right there? Was that the ace up his sleeve? And Loomis now knows he's in trouble. Is he fighting? Now both trading right hands and Fish coming in. <laughs> well, he gets taken out by the uh, strap being pulled tight. Now a huge shot to Strong, and he's got the strap and throwing Strong into Fish. Fish in turn goes into the plexiglass. Well, the fish knows his place, and now Dex Loomis had enough. He's got the strap. He's got Strong. Urinagi. And he's got him down, wraps him up with a strap. He's got the silencer in, and Strong's got no choice but to tap out. And Dexter Loomis there gets a victory, and he doesn't seem happy at all with it, Dan, does he? No, I think this match went on far too long for Dexter Loomis to seem like a credible threat for anyone. Um, you know, no disrespect to Roderick Strong, he tried, but especially with the help of the Undisputed Era as well, and for Dexter Loomis to still come out on top, it kind of made him look even more weaker. Well, Dexter Loomis gets the victory, and uh, what's next for the big man? I think for a match itself, it wasn't bad. But I think the strap actually caused a lot more hindrance than it did actually help in this one, which is uh, interesting to see in NXT. And Absolutely. scores after that, uh, we both get a point. So it's 4-3 heading into the next one. Well, next week's main event gets the primetime treatment and it starts with an interview with Keith Lee where he puts over Adam Cole's name and talks about how much next week means to him. Cole puts over Lee's amazing last year but says his year was better. None of Keith's big moment would have happened if he hadn't led the charge into Survivor Series. The difference between them is that Lee comes up short in big moments and he finds a way to prevail. Lee says Cole may be undisputed, but he is limitless. They talk themselves up over ring music. This was great. Is it next week, yeah? <laughs> well, Mackenzie Mitchell catches up with Johnny Gagano. They, they're made because it was supposed to be a four-way, not three-and-one. Gagano starts to say the others were jealous when the ray runs off. She's falling with me and when the cameras catch up on them. Johnny gets to the mix and swerve. Scott shows up. The two sides are pulled apart. Well, El Legado de Fantasma is here. Santos Escobar talks about how luchadors used to be re re revered. But fans were convinced it was just guys doing flips. In mass, of course. But he, Wilder Mendoza are here to re-educate us. Before he can finish, Drake Maverick shows up wearing a neck, break, neck brace. He takes it off and charges the ring. Mendoza and Wild beat him down. They pick him up for Escobar, who says, I told you, little guy, no one can touch me. He sets up to attack, but here comes Brizango. They fight off the lackeys, and Escobar takes his cruiserweight title and bounces. Fandango challenges the heels to a match next week. 
Well, Mitchell's with Grimes, who's laughing about Priest's challenge. He doesn't have time to worry about the puck. He names himself number one contender and calls his shot against the winner of Cole and Lee. Well, commercial free main event is next, but first some commercials and another Mercedes Martinez hype pace. We then learn the six man is official for next week and a Larray Yim street fight. But right now it's the main event of night one of the Great American Bash. It's Sasha Banks versus the NXT Women's Champion Io Shai. And what an entrance there from Sasha Banks coming out uh, like the old style boss of the car, and of course with Bailey in tow. And the boss character was probably never better than it was in NXT, and it's great that we're seeing that here tonight. This should be a great match, Dan, shouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, one of the better workers in WWE with Sasha Banks, and probably one of the best workers in NXT at the moment, Ineo Shirai. Both women certainly deserve to be. Uh, Top of the spot, top of the game. You know, both women certainly have earned their way here. Without a doubt. And guys, who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for the boss, Sasha Banks. And I too have gone Sasha Banks. So this should be a very interesting match. So how title match, would your thoughts on the winner have changed or would you still gone Sasha Banks? I probably would have gone here, if it was for a title match. I think the reasoning for Banks is that you know, to get a victory, bit of bragging rights, and especially when uh, she's got to meet with Oscar herself at Extreme Rules. I think she needs all the momentum on her side. Of course, Bailey at the moment in time has kind of taken the limelight, you know, and uh, and I think it's good to see. I think it's the first time uh, since you know 2015 that Bailey has kind of been the May one. Like we said, Lynch has gone, Charlotte has gone. It's good times, isn't it? It is, yes, and uh, especially for Sasha Banks, you think this is helping as well. What is this? The third women's match out of six. Exactly. So, you know, we've seen the women's division used a lot. I think, you know, Bailey has kind of been a force. But I think with Banks, we've seen the, the boss confidence come back. And I think we've seen that in the performances like the tag match and recently where it's more, you know, the old Sasha Banks, the old boss character that we all, all know and love. And I think there is no one else in WWE at this moment in time who's hotter Denny Oshai. I think her performances and what she's been bringing have been top, top notch, you know? It's good to have another beacon, like, you know, to focus on as opposed to the main ones. I think without doubt, I think Banks coming down to NXT is the, it's the past versus the present. I think that's what we love when we, we see it and when it's done well. And I think here at the moment is on top of her game and to main event the takeover and win the title... It's a huge moment. And now to be facing Sasha Banks on the main event of the first night, you know, is, again, I think, a great achievement, not only for these two women, but for women's wrestling at this moment in time. Will there be a confrontation between uh, Io Shirai and the new number one contender? Well, this is what I'm saying. Tegan Knox now backstage watching intently. And again, we've already got a layer of story because we know both of these women have already know their next challengers. You know, we've got Oscar and uh, Knox who are both, you know, probably watching this very, very intently. And I think that adds a layer of story to it, you know. And EO has taken it to Banks in the early go. And like I said, confidence running high at this moment in time. Will Bailey be a factor in this? I think she's got to be. I think, well, where's Bailey going at the moment? And we're talking about Bailey being a factor. Well, the horn put in uh, EO Shirai off as she had Banks perched up on the top. Banks rolling into a cover, but only a two count. Two. I suppose get a surprise shock upset victory to help her overcome the odds of like you know potential interference from Bailey. We've seen it more in NXT than we have most other places where 
the kind of the hills and have been kind of interacting and been quite facey recently as well. You know, talk about someone like Finn Balor who, you know, has faced him and good guys. Is that the way NXT may be going to go with it and say, look, you're not a good or bad guy. You're just a star so we can have you in that position. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy. Yeah, because we've seen our video because she's managing to do both. She, you know, obviously she's got Tegan Knox down the road, but she's got Sasha Banks now in a headline match. Absolutely, yeah. And is is this a good representation of what NXT can do? I mean, you know, if we got this, we've got um, in night two, we've got Mia Yim taking on Candice LeRae in a street fight match. We've got uh, Io Shirai defending her title as well. So there's another two women's matches there. Well, that's not going to be. That's going to be in two weeks' time. Io Shirai Tegan Knox match. Oh, we'll right. bring that on the next. NXT update, but I like to say, what you're saying is, you know, if we look at a ten match card over two nights, you know, to have nearly half that of women's matches shows you how important they are, and not just to NXT at this moment in time, but to Raw and SmackDown because you know, if anybody watching them, it's Banks and Bayou are kind of being the main focus through the show and MVP, we should say, but they're the ones who kind of been featured in whole profile matches and carrying the show. Is that helping towards the ratings? It's not helping towards the ratings, but at this moment, it's because WWE's failure on, on many fronts and it's not due to the women or due to who are kind of champions at this moment in time it's kind of it's a weird situation we find ourselves in banks now had the submission on but eo managed to get out of that beautiful the head scissors sending sash banks into the corner but banks there using the knees better than anybody else does and bailey cheering along but eo responds with a palm strike and banks in a little bit of trouble now there's no honking from bailey at this moment in time Beautiful Hurricane Runner taking Banks out. But EO can't capitalise on it just yet. Both women down at this moment in time. But EO now trying to get some momentum in this one. Finally getting back into it. Irish whip, one woman flapjack. 619 sends Banks across the ring. Springboard off the top and a lovely seated dropkick into a cover. One, two, no. Kick out. Ah. Well, I've been a fan of Shy for a very long time. Of course, she was my pick. In the May Young Classic. And you can see the genius of this guy has got a different style to uh, most women. I mean, the way she can fly around the ring. And we've seen it recently as well more with, I think it's a confidence issue. The way it's been more crisp and uh, on point. And you can see she's grown into the role. And they've given her the championship for a reason. And she wouldn't be facing Sasha Banks tonight if, you know, people didn't have confidence in her. And she's going to look to put Banks away now. Uh, Banks managing to fight out of the... Double underhook. Maybe look for the bank statement, but EO trying to roll out the way. Bank's still interconnected. Well, it's like by Shirai. EO. Tries to drop Banks. I think she attempted to land on her feet, but mostly unsuccessfully. I think she hit the back of her head there on the impact. And uh, EO got to try to take advantage again. No, Banks blocks it into the cross face. She hasn't got the arm hooked, but the torque on the neck of EO Shirai is plenty enough to put her away. And Eo's got a fight. If she hasn't got a friend out of ringside cheering her on, and if she rolls up Banks. Two. No, Banks kicks out. Ah. Turns it around into a pin of her own that only gets two. Two. And now Eo, nice roll on Banks. Didn't go for the pin attempt, went for the double foot stomp instead. Drives the air out of the lungs of Banks. And now Eo wants to get the people in the performance centre behind her as she looks to build momentum now. Double knees. Well, it's a move Banks hits, and Eo hits it just as well. And now, going up position, going to look for that moonsault. Uh, Banks up to her feet, sweeps the leg, hangs Eo Shirai up in the corner. Now, the trio, why was Banks? 
looking on and saying, what, is that all you got? You talk about the confidence of uh, Banks and Bailey, and EO's got nowhere to go. And should Banks concentrate more on the opponent than the position at this moment in time? I think she should do, because it looks like she's going to come unstuck as EO Shirai slaps her. Banks responds with a kick. Sasha looking to come charging in. EO sits up, though. Banks hits nothing but the bottom turnbuckle. Well, the knee's damaged and now finds herself in position. Can EO take advantage? Moonsault. Banks moves out of the way. Shirai lands on her feet. Runs into a foot from Banks. Oh. Double knees from the top. One, two. No. Shirai managing to kick out. Uh, I think those double knees off the top are one of the most devastating looking moves. They, it really is the way she comes. Crash down. Look like destroys EO's face. Well, she comes crashing down and it looks like it hurts inside. Without a doubt. And EO now in serious trouble. And the NXT Women's Champion's got to kind of use... We talk about champion determination and their toughness and digging down deep and trying to pull out a victory. But Banks looking to maybe end things. No. Drop tie hold, drapes Banks over the second rope. EO managing to respond. 619 attempt missed. And now EO in a precarious position on the apron. Right in front of Bailey as well. And the referee's there, though. So hopefully no shenanigans. And now EO winning strange at the moment. Now Shai going to go spring back in again, though. Banks catches her. Shirai hits a huge right hand. Well, Banks in her sights again, trying to go up. Gets caught by Banks. Oh! Well, Banks proclaimed she was NXT before she kicked Eo Shirai, Shirai in the head. Was charging in sunset flip through the second rope. Oh, she's going to break Eo. Eo trying to hold on. Back first into the plexiglass and then straight down onto the wafer thin mats. And Sasha looks very pleased with herself. Well, her and Bailey, Bailey getting on the knees, celebrating that move. And that was deadly there. Well, Bailey is not worthy. You can see the uh, the fans there as well, holding that plexiglass in place. Plexiglass. And this is Sasha Banks's to lose at this moment in time. She goes up top, and the fans shine EO, but there might be nothing left. Frog splash. No, EO moves out of the way. Cross face locked in. <laughs> Arm hooked. Banks has got nowhere to go right now, and EO saying, "Come on, tap out." And Banks might have to. This is like Eddie versus Benoit. <laughs> and Banks desperately there. Bailey looking on. Nothing she could do at the moment, but she tends to get closer. Oh, well, Bailey threw the belt towards the referee. Oh, and the referee now. Oh, come on. And then Bailey with the forearm knocking Neo Shirai down. Breaking the submission. Did the referee see that? Is he going to send Bailey out of here? Well, like Bailey wants her belt back. But Banks has got the other belt, but oh. look who was hiding behind the ring. Oscar. Oh. Missed to the face. Oh, no. Eo Shirai with a roll-up. One, One, two, no. no. Banks managing to kick out. Uh, but Banks can't see. What a palm strike that was by Eo. <laughs> Bailey gets taken out by Shirai. And Oscar loving it. This Raw Women's Champion at ringside watching Eo go up top. The genius of the sky. Moonsault into the pin. One, two, three. Oh, and Io Shirai beats Sasha Banks here with an assist from Oscar. But no doubt about it, a huge victory for the NXT Women's Champion. And as for a match itself, yeah, there might be a couple of uh, slight misses there. But I think overall, really entertaining match, Dan. Absolutely, yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was uh, great work all around. All four women, should I say, you know. Um, and it's good to see, you know, all the women's champions here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you're seeing that. 
the SmackDown Raw NXT Women's Champion. And, and the tag champs as well. And the tag champs. But the NXT and the Raw Women's Champions celebrating in ring at the moment. And again, like I said, Oscar will face Sasha Banks at Extreme Rules. We'll bring that to you next week on the podcast. Uh, but that is it for the end of night one. I think it's been quite an enjoyable first night of NXT. Uh, it means the scores are 4-3 as we head to the second night. Um, but we'll look at TV ratings because we both enjoyed it. But WWE's NXT continued its recent run of success Wednesday by beating Dynamite in the ratings for the second week in a row. Well, according to Figure 4 Online's Brian Alvarez, the Great American Bash version of NXT averaged 792,000 viewers during its two-hour show, while the Fighter Fest edition of Dynamite garnered 748,000 viewers. So, NXT, well, I mean, we enjoyed NXT, but like we said, we're going to bring AEW to you on the next podcast. So we're going to have Fight Fest and, of course, uh, Fight of the Fallen as well. So we're going to tell you if what we think personally, but we'll move on to the second night of the Great America Bash. This Wednesday, on the final night of the Great American Bash, bitter rivals HBIC, Mia Yim, and the Poison Picks, Candice LeRae take it to the streets. And... A huge champion versus champion main event. Undisputed NXT champion Adam Cole. The limitless one, North American champion Keith Lee. Who will walk out of the Great American Bash with the NXT and North American Championships? NXT, this Wednesday at 8, 7 central. Our last episode of NXT Update, and it's July 8th. And a video package bringing us to speed on the backstory for tonight's match's start. Then Tomato Phillips welcomes us tonight to... Two. Of Great American Bash. He kicks it tomorrow and Arlo Beth Phoenix as a street fight combatant enters. Uh, Yim versus LeRae. Yeah, so Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim in a street fight to start us off. Prediction wise, I have gone for Candice LeRae. I too have gone for Candice LeRae. Well, Yim attacks Candice from behind on stage. She throws LeRae and some plunder into the ring. Mia lights her up where Kendo sticks shots. Then heads outside to get the tables. She slides that into the ring, which gives the poison pixie time to get to her feet and drop kick Yim off the apron. She leans the table into the corner and gathers the HBIC. They brawl and tease putting each other through it before the action spills to the floor with Mia in control. Until she's whipped face first into a ring post, that is. Lorraine pulls her chest first into the post a couple of times, but Yim gets a boot up to reverse. They battle outside and end up near the exit and catering table. Food stuffs are thrown, a fire extinguisher is used, and they end up on an elevated area. A drop kick from Mia sends Lorraine crashing through the catering table as we head to our first picture in picture commercials. Well, the HBIC is in charge as they work their way back to the ring on a small screen. She traps Lorraine in a chair and uses a kendo stick, but when the ads are over, Candice sends Jim's face first into a chair with a drop toe hold. Mrs. Gargano clubs her opponent and drives her chair into what Beth tells us are Mia's injured ribs. Lorraine heads under the ring for more chairs. She gets a pile of them into the middle of the ring and positions a table across the top turnbuckle. Yim recovers and reverses a suplex and follows that with a head kick. Strikes from Mia, a clothesline puts Candice in a corner. She puts a gut can on the ray and hits it with a boot. Then cannonball, matchbook cover gets two. Two! Yim pulls out some brass knucks, but when she swings, the ray gets a chair up, so Mia busts a hand. Candice goes to climb the corner with a table, but Yim catches up. They brawl up there, and the poison pixie gets a knuck. She connects with a shot, then hits a swinging net breaker off the table onto a pile of chairs. So yes, Candice LeRae defeats Mia Yim via pinfall. And the scores are 5-4 to me. And both women are down as we keep all the fame of Mark Henry picking Keith Lee in the main event. 
We go to commercials but keep the small screen focused on Johnny Gargano going to collect his wife and mocking Mia on the way out. Yim gets back to her feet for an ovation for the performance centre crowd. We get some backstory on our ne- next match, a scene after Leon Ruff squash that I'd honestly forgot. Then here comes Azuela. Well, Bronson Reed versus Tony Nice is our next match. Prediction-wise, Dan, who have you gone for? I have gone for Bronson Reed. And I too have gone Bronson Reed. Your athlete does some ab-based taunts and then gets thrown into the corner. Reed grounds Nice with one arm, a shoulder block gets him free. Then he uses his speed advantage to stay out of harm's way until he gets shoved to the floor while doing some jumping jacks. He's flattened with a senton, then rolls outside to try and stay alive. He heals himself into the driver's seat and targets Bronson's knee. Well, he gets a near fall off an inside cradle, lays in some strikes. Reed fights back into it, but gets jabbed in the throat and snapped neck first on the ropes. Moonstock gets two. Two. Reed powers back with a clothesline, diving splash off the top, crushes the former cruiserweight champion. Yes, Bronson Reed defeats Tony Nese via pinfall. That means the scores are 6-5. We get a video package on Mercedes Martinez. Then Robert Stone is hyping his big announcement to Mackenzie. He pitches Shotzi Blackheart on joining his brand, but she says she's a loner. An outraged Stone throws his coffee over his shoulder, which hits Killian Dane. Dane flattens Stone and Blackheart runs over his foot with her tank. Bob acts like he's dying as we go to commercial. <laughs> Well, on the small screen, we see Elia or Lumpf getting him free and the Undisputed Era make their way into the building. Entries for our next match start there too. Yes, and that is Asaya Swerve Scott versus Johnny Gargano. So prediction-wise of this one, I went Johnny Gargano. I went two for Johnny Gargano. Well, they start with grappling and a lot of cocky healing from Johnny. Swerve is a match for Gargano low and when they speed things stand off. Scott lands on his feet on the head scissors takedown and they after that they counter each other there. His ear takes charge with a sequence that ends with a Fosby's flop as we go to a break. Well, Johnny has gained control by the time we make it back and keeps it until eating a right hand. They start going back and forth. Johnny gets two, two. on a slingshot spear. Quick pace back and forth action continues with the highlight being Scott nailing the house call kick. Johnny catches his next kick and applies the STF. Scott gets free and picks up a near fall on the JML driver. All swerve kicks Garner off the apron but misses with a follow-up leap. Johnny whips Scott into the post and spikes him with a poison run on the floor. He puts his eye in then slowly follows the one final beat DDT. Ends it and Gagano defeats Swerve Scott. The scores are 7-6 still to me, so not a lot has changed. Well, we get a hype piece on the upcoming Tegan Knox versus Io Shirai women's title match. Knox put over how similar their journeys have been. The champ says they're not the same. And next week, she'll end Tegan's comeback. That match is, of course, next week. Well, we see Keith Lee getting ready and we get a teletape for the main event. Then it's time for the trios. Yes, it is Legado del Fantasma versus Breezango and Drake Maverick. So, prediction-wise, Danny, have you gone for in this match? I have gone for Breezangoic. And I have gone for Legado del Fantasma. Um, I think the reasons I've gone these for, because, as we've seen in the entrance, this is the first time that all three are teaming up. We've got Raul Mendoza, Oakenwald, and, of course, um, the Cruiserweight champion in there. So, I think that's why I kind of backed him for this. What are your reasons for Breezango? Or Breezang Goic? Um, well, I think, you know, the heart of Drake Maverick had come through. Uh, but then again, you know, I'm kind of doubting myself as we go into this match, especially after hearing your reasonings. Uh, but, you know, I needed to change something up to try and get a victory out of this pay-per-view soon as I am one behind. Yes, you are one behind. And I need to get this. So this would be level as we uh, looking towards our main event. And this is our co-main event on NXT. And it has flown by. And, of course, the main event 
North American and the NXT title on the line, Keith Lee and Adam Cole. But Bre- uh, Drake Maverick came out here wanting uh, a shot at Escobar, but of course his team is not going to allow that. But Fandango and uh, Breeze came out here dressed as luchadors. I got a lot. I got really like their entrances at the moment. Time changing it up. They're mocking entrances. They're mocking entrances. But do you think you have to be a bit more serious to have a bit more success? I think so. Yeah, you know, because if you kind of get yourself into that joke category, that's all you're ever going to be classed as. We see it with Drake Maverick. I mean, would you consider these three men at the moment a joke, or have they got a chance? I don't know. I see. Drake, he can't. You kind of you can see his determination, especially after like the twenty four seven championship pursuit as well. Um, but with Breezango, it's kind of it seems like they are just a joke, especially their really annoying skits that they was doing with the Ascension and the fashion files oh, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. crap as well. It's but like I say, of, that's like two years ago now. So Fandango's been out a long time, and I like, still remember it, James. I know you still remember. You still remember Enzo as well. So this is what I'm saying. Uh, and this is what they've got to do is try and get by that and try and be a bit more serious. We've seen him come up short against Imperium for the tag team titles a couple of weeks ago. And Maverick, he's got a more serious look to him right now because obviously he wants to cruise away at the moment. And that's what he's focusing on. And a bit more aggressive style. And Maverick can definitely go in the ring. There's no doubt about that. He looks so bloody tiny though. Maverick is a very small man, but that won't put him out. I mean, Tyler Breeze looks massive next to him. And Tyler Absolutely, Breeze... yeah. We've said Tyler Breeze, if he had been a couple of inches taller, there's no doubt he would be on the main roster challenging for high titles as uh, Fandango gets caught. Uh, Breeze gets caught there. So do you think Tyler Breeze and Fandango are, are ever going to amount to much more than kind of wrestling in NXT? Uh, at this moment in time, no. But like I said, with a bit of build-up and the right story, I mean, this might be the story that gets them a little bit of, uh, you know... Like a bit of light into it. it the cruiserweight division is has been kind of forgotten about, especially with two hundred five live. And now we're seeing these three, uh, these six guys being involved, and it's it's quite interesting to be fair. You know, uh, it's something different that we've not seen before. I mean, as we've got Wild there just taking down Tyler Breeze. I mean, we haven't seen like a, a we've seen Lucha House Party, but we've never seen like Hills. And this is kind of a little bit different now because Escobar calling the shots. So all six of these guys are actually of cruiserweight size. Yes. I mean, Fandango might have to maybe lose a couple of pounds, but I think he'd still be eligible as Breeze manages to get to Fandango. Fandango off the top. He takes that wild, takes that Mendoza. Lovely Falcon Arrow there from Dango. Oh, and the cruiserweight champ came in, and he's avoided Drake Maverick at all costs here tonight. And Legale del Fantasma outside. And Drake says, look, throw me into him. That's him up. They take out all three of the Hill faction. Well, no, I think the Cruiserweight champ... Wow, that was impressive from Fandango. It was like a corkscrew moonsault there. The Cruiserweight champ kind of brushed Maverick off. He couldn't brush Fandango coming there. Let's hope he's not injured his leg again. And at the moment, Breezango and Maverick look like they got this match in position. Oh, oh just as fast pushed knee first into the steel steps. And Drake Maverick, ever the caring soul. He's like, come on, ref, look what happened. And now this is uh, what we've seen before with three-man teams. And Legala del Fantasma are going to do this right now. Going to keep Fandango trapped in their corner, making quick tags, mocking and teasing him as he tries to crawl his way to Drake Maverick. Well, Maverick has said, I think, to Tyler Breeze, let me get the tag. I mean, you've been worked on a little bit. Fandango's been worked on. I'm fresh, and I want that champion. Well, it's good, again, seeing Maverick in a different light. We've not seen this before. We've seen him kind of being a funny character, haven't we? The kind of, you feel sorry for him. 
He's seen him being the weedy character as well that pisses himself. And now we're seeing a Maverick that actually wants to get in there. And he's got uh, an issue, you know, being attacked from behind. And now Wild, who has competed in NXT and Tai 5 Live. And he's a talented individual, there's no doubt about that. And like you said, what you need in NXT with these superstars is a bit of focus, a story or, you know, somewhere to go. And currently at the moment, this is all about Drake's pursuit of the uh, Cruiserweight Championship. And obviously going against a three-man team, you need a tag team in your corner as well. And Maverick, for some reason, has chosen Brizango. Well, they chose him. They came out and said, well, look, we're, like we said, we saw that. We're not going to let that happen. You know, this is a team that want to do the right thing. And I don't think you've got that many anymore. I'd have, I'd have thought Drake Maverick's affiliation with uh, the Authors of Pain would have kind of helped in his favour. Well, I think the Authors of Pain is still injured. And again, they're another team from NXT who were dominant went up main roster and either due to injuries or not clicking, whereas uh, Breeze and Fandango came back down and they're being featured in this uh, position. And we've got the Cruiserweight champion in there now, just tying up Fandango. He said he's going to be the new dominant force. And Maverick, you can see, just desperate wanting to get in there. So is that a defiant like stance in uh, Escobar's way of kind of saying, look, you're forcing us to wear masks. I'm going to remove mine. I think, it, and that's what he's, you know, what he's saying as well, is the fact is that, uh, in WWE, he realised he had to be something different, and he's not doing it for the fans. And we saw very much the attitude change in um, Andrade, you know, CN, when Zelina uh, Vega got involved. You wonder, at this moment in time, if maybe Wilder and Mendoza have been speaking to him, and he's thinking, yeah, actually, this is what we need to do to be dominant. And you can't argue against it, because at the moment, he is Cruiserweight Champion. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to see, you know, even though they've kind of only revealed himself... A couple of short weeks ago, they've got the matching trunks as well. They've all got the logo on the back, or you know, they've kind of got the logo representation yeah. on it. And I think that's exactly what you want. You, you know, you want to be taken uh, uh, seriously and be a threat in NXT. And you know, NXT have, have probably built the best group up in the past few years with Undisputed Era. So it's definitely something they can do. As Fandango now just can't get to his corner. They certainly have put a bullseye on Fandango's knee, though, and they've just attacked this. For, what, the past five minutes, relentlessly. Well, we've, had, we've talked about the injuries before with Fandango. As now, going to try again, but Fandango managing to dodge him across the top rope. And now Maverick saying, you tag me. And that's one thing the Garda del Fantasma do not want. But Mendoza sent into barricade. Fandango going to do all he can to get to the corner. I don't think he cares if he tags Drake Maverick or Tyler Breeze at the moment. And Breeze, they're getting distracted, so Fandango can't tag his partner, which makes sense, because you would think he usually would in a tag match. But now he's got Maverick, and now the Cruiserweight champ is in. We're finally going to see these two guys going at it. And look at Maverick. Well, he's got the upper hand on the NXT champ, Escobar. Absolutely tearing into him now. Maverick is a house on... He's on fire, baby. Fez press. <laughs> With a different side to Drake. Do you think he's serious? You better... Damn right he is. Looking for the uh, wheelbarrow bulldog there. Going for the cover and now Legale and Fantasma come in. And Fandango and Breeze fighting him off. And this is broken down now. But Maverick looking to go up. Not only get the win but level it for Dan. Oh, oh no, Escobar takes the leg out. Now picking up Drake. And of course Drake's got the, the strapping on him as well. And some driver. Two, three. And Legado del Fantasma. Get the victory here. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was a very fun, entertaining match. I particularly like the ending bit, you know, when Drake Maverick, he came in. You could see the determination. You could see he wanted to face 
the cruiserweight champion. You can see he wanted to get his hands on him at all costs, especially after kind of like the dreadful stuff that happened between him and Escobar as well. Um, does he feel like Fandango and uh, Breeze let him down? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at this moment in time, they weren't really in the match at that point. And it was Maverick who got the loss. And is it a case of Maverick not being 100% in this one and being caught? I mean, Maverick, you know, like I said, will fight all day long. But at this moment in time, it's Escobar and Legado del Fantasma that make the statement here with the Scores are 8-6 as we move on uh, to our next match. But Mitchell interviews the Gaganos and they're psyched about their wins tonight and talk themselves up as the best couple in the world. But Johnny gets to thinking that he'll be challenging Adam Cole tonight. If it weren't for Finn Balor, Candice realises they both have plenty of wrongs to right. They head off to set some fireworks off of their own. After a superstar profile on the Tag Champs Imperium, it's Drew McIntyre's time to give his pick for the main. The WWE champ takes the NXT champ to become a champ champ. Champ. Well, our next match is Santina Garrett versus Mercedes Martinez, and I have gone for Martinez in this match. I too have gone for Martinez. And she enters to booze and wearing a big collar cape that screams evil. She's in control immediately, and after Garrett gets in with a cartwheel back elbow stop, Mercedes boots her to the mat, ground and pound. Santana fights off a suplex, lands some strikes, but then gets a level with a clothesline. Fishman Buster ends it. Yes, Mercedes Mars defeats Santana Garrett via pinfall. And it is 9-7, and we have only got one match left, so that means, Dan, that I have won NXT here tonight. But Damien Priest cuts a promo on his history with Cameron Grimes. Next week, they've got another match, and when it's done, everyone's going to know that Grimes is a little bitch. And Mick Foley says if Lee can end things quickly, he'll win, but if Cole survives for 10 minutes, he'll win. Shawn Michaels picks Cole, unless he picks Lee. Well, as a reminder of next week's matches, we see the Limitless One start his entrance backstage. Mario tells us Lee has dedicated this match to his trainer, Tim Brooks, and the woman who introduced him to wrestling, his late grandmother. And we're waiting for the NXT champion now. This should be unbelievable. We'll do predictions. Dan, who have you gone for in this matchup? Adam Cole, baby. You've gone Adam Cole? Fucking hell. I have gone Keith Lee in this match. Why? Um... I don't know, I just think it'd be fun. <laughs> no, uh, I think Keith Lee getting a victory, it'd be obviously great for him and it'd be great for the title, but I think Adam Cole, to become a champ champ before going, it'd be uh, it'd be a way to send him off with fireworks. Well, he has won the North American Championship before. He was the very first North American champion winning it in a fantastic ladder match. So Cole will know all about the gold. He's been NXT champion now for... 403 days as NXT champion. When he first won the title, Dan, did you think Adam Cole would have a run as much as he's had? Honestly, didn't know. I thought they'd kind of uh, give him a bit of a run, then moving up as soon as possible, especially with the Undisputed Era, kind of trying to be the main faction on the main brand. It's been enjoyable. The journey that he's certainly been on with uh, the Undisputed Era, you know, kind of uh, all being gold and then kind of one by one losing their titles. Without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be interesting for Adam Cole. We're going to do the tale of the tape, and you can take your guy, Adam Cole. Uh, well, Adam Cole stands at six foot tall. Keith Lee is six foot three. Cole weighs two hundred and ten pound. Three hundred and four pounds. I mean, it's an obvious weight advantage. Uh, the style for Adam Cole is precision and cunning. Well, Keith Lee is power and agility. 
And the intangible is undisputed. Well, mine is limitless. So, I mean, Keith Lee's confidence here tonight as we're going to get the introductions. And what a main event. And what a way to end this podcast here with a main event. And, of course, like I say, with all those matches that we've announced, we'll have the next NXT update, of course, which should weekend. But right now, it's going to be Keith Lee and Alan Cole. Dan, forget about predictions. Right at this moment, who are you, who are you thinking? Keith Lee, he's been the man recently. He's been like the uh, the shining beacon. He has been limitless. I just hope the match delivers. I'm expecting so much from these two guys. I'm just hoping they can deliver in ring. I think the the bash has been really, really good. It just needs this match kind of deliver, I think would be fair to say. We get the introductions and the total holding stare down, and we are ready right now. Winner take all. You ever think you'll see it in NXT? The NXT Championship North American title on the line. It should be an incredible main event. And here we go. I mean, keys to victory, Dan. What's Adam Carr to do if he wants to walk out still as NXT champion? Um, I think he has to use all the cunning he's got. Potentially cool on his guys backstage as well. But we saw how that kind of played out with the Roderick Strong. They miss it. Kind of come unstuck and they still got the loss anyway. But, you know, I think the confidence Adam Cole's got being a title holder for as long as he has been as well, I think that's going to be uh, coming out of him. But Keith Lee, he's on an unstoppable role at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Keith Lee just needs to continue what he's doing right now. And we've seen him facing smaller guys and, and someone like Adam Cole fits into perfectly who he's been facing recently when Johnny Gagano or Finn Balor and people like that. And the thing is, is that this the championship advantage is out because Adam Cole usually would think, right, I can. Uh, he has to beat me. Both men have to beat each other, and with a total opportunity, you don't really see it that often. And I think Cole's going to try and start off trying to out wrestle Lee. Uh, you mentioned Lee couldn't really do much mat based wrestling. Maybe Cole's thinking to himself, that's what I want to do. But Lee there just with a power breaking the submission. So if Keith Lee does get the victory here, does that mean that Velveteen Dream will be back in the title picture? I don't think Velveteen Dream will be back in NXT anytime soon. But yes, from a storyline perspective, but I would be very surprised if we see the Dream. I mean, you could argue that this has only come about because of everything that's been going on with the Velveteen Dream. I think at some point, Dream was going to be the guy to take the title off Adam Cole. And now led to this match. And I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Cole walked out as North American champion to continue it. But I think it would be interesting to see what they do. And I think with Keith Lee and Adam Cole, they both, again, like, they know who their next challengers are. They're right yeah. there, you know. But then the next challenger for the um, NXT Championship, Karrion Cross. He's got to be out there somewhere, hasn't he, surely? Without a doubt. Well, don't call me Shirley, but you would think he'd be the number one contender for the NXT title even though he's only debuted recently, but by how dominant he was over Tommaso Ciampa and how dominant he's been, I don't think Keith Lee or Adam Cole are scared of a challenge. And for a heel champion like Adam Cole, everybody that's been put up against him, he's beaten. And you've got to credit that. Yeah. I mean, the reign of Adam Cole has been brilliant. The, the matches that he had with Johnny Gagano. I mean, yes, the last match against Dreamworks, right? Well, Cole's just sidestepped a charging Keith Lee, sent him over the barricade and into the plexiglass, and he's just... Completely destroyed the plexi. And this is what Adam and Cole wanted to make a mistake. As I said the match against Dream maybe wasn't the best at takeover. Anna Cole probably sees that and wants to right now. 
And Lee in serious trouble. Sent into the steel stairs. Adam Cole looks like Drake Maverick. But Cole using the kicks, using his shots. Hopefully the last shot. So, uh, that's what Adam Cole is good at. He knows what moves work. And we've seen how deadly they are as well. We talk about the, you know, the Panama Sunrise and the, the last shot. And what he can do as well. And it was annoying at the start where people go, he's the next Shawn Michaels. No, he's become the first Adam Cole in NXT. And that's what the 400-day reign has done. And we're seeing that with Keith Lee as well. You know, in this main event, it's not about colour. It's about the two, the greatest talents in NXT today. Two guys who are the standard bearers who could quite easily go to Raw and SmackDown and find themselves in a position. I mean, if Matt Riddle can do it, these two guys can do it. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And these two have got ten times the talent Matt Riddle has. And we're seeing a mistake, and it's Adam Cole's going to take advantage. He hits a net breaker in the ring. And I think what we talked about, we still heard predictions as well, and other wrestlers saying, you know, if Keith Lee can't last 10 minutes, I think Lee's best bet was to try and get this over and done in the beginning. Because we talk about Cole wrestling long matches. He's been wrestling 45-minute matches on, on takeovers for the past two years. Absolutely, Aaron. Keith Lee, I think, you know, no disrespect to him, but he's got to carry that weight around with him as well. You know, that's going to be tiring. Radon Cole just kind of like hopping about like a flea. Well, this is the thing, and this is the confidence issue as well. After a while, Lee will think to himself, can I actually win the big one? You know, I'm North American champion, but to take that next step up, how many Intercontinental champions have gone on to become WWE champions? Whereas Adam Cole did it, but that's because he managed to have, to take it to that next point. Can Keith Lee do it here tonight? Well, I think, you know, with Keith Lee, you're saying about his limits, but he proclaims himself as being limitless. So I think, you know, therein is kind of the answer to your predicament what i am surprised about and i don't know about you but having no undisputed era members at ringside is that cole showing respectfully or disrespect um i think it's a bit of both but i think adam cole you know we've kind of seen him starting to try and do things his own way we you know we had seen a few matches where the undisputed era would get involved but then we started seeing quite a few without them and i think that's what's made his run so good that on the, on his day he can beat who is across the ring from him, and I think that helps as a champion. Like I said, 400 days as NXT champion, win, lose here tonight. It's fantastic as Keith Lee, hand round the throat, but Adam Cole with the strikes, and it's going to be a case of Adam Cole's going to have to hit four or five strikes to take Lee down. With Keith Lee, one thing about his size, is going to take one shot, and I think Adam Cole knows that better than anybody. Let's not forget, he was one that was pounced five rows into the NXT crowd, was it six months ago? So <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Which is probably one of the most amazing spots I've seen in wrestling. You know, like I said, you talk about mankind throw off the cell, but Cole flying there was just like fucking hell. And absolutely, and it was something so simple as well. You know, it wasn't a man jumping off the highest thing you could find. It wasn't like you know someone flipping over a truck. It was just a pounce. And it looks like Adam Cole now is going to look for the last shot, going out under the knee pad, but Keithley blocking it. Well, this is Keith Lee coming back into this. Using his left hand to strike Adam Cole while holding him up with the right. Keep pulling him up to his feet. Charging him to a corner. Following it up with an elbow. Looking for a big clothesline. Cole sidesteps it. Hits a pump kick. Gets caught by Lee second time round and just slammed to the mat. <laughs> and that is power. Changing direction with the slam. And Cole manages to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And do you think we'll see frustrations with the two men here? I mean, everything is on the line here. I mean, it's got to matter the most. And now we're seeing him in the main event for the title and the big man's going to go up. But you can see Keith Lee, like the look on his face, his confidence is growing. He's thinking, yes, I can do this. 
but Adam Cole right on his back with a super kick. To say, no, you can't, and a backstabber in the corner. And Liam may be taking the chance, but then again, like I said, it's all online, so you're going to take all the chances that you want. As uh, Keith Lee kicks out uh, with authority. Uh, he sent Cole about a third away across the ring. At least three quarters of the way across the ring. And Cole's shocked look, but he's on the apron. Adam Cole with the right hand and Keith Lee fighting him. A huge head. And this has been some fight already. It has, but it looks like Adam, Ke- Adam Cole's been through the mill a lot more than uh, Keith Lee has. But Adam Cole has to be in the best shape. Like I said, he has to hit five or six moves to equal one of them. He has to uh, try to be on top, use his spit strength. And at least just dragging Adam Cole up to the top <laughs> turnbuckle by his trunks. Oh, my word. And that was impressive. I've only ever seen one wrestler ever do that before. Lee managed it. Sends Cole in. Can he get to the cover? Hooks Cole a leg. Across. One, two. No. Cole kicks out. Uh, and Keith Lee might be reaching down now. Looking for Lee to become NXT champion for the first time. Cole looks to be dead weight at this moment. Or is he playing possum? Ah, possums. Well, it seems like he was as he crawled through Lee's legs. Fakes high, goes low. Looking for the shining wizard, but gets caught. And Lee now might be looking for the Big Bang Catastrophe. I'll set out Powerbomb instead. Goes to for the cover. No. <laughs> oh. Cole with a fingertip on the bottom rope. And you can see the look in Keith Lee's eyes. Well, if Lee loses, thanks to just a fingernail's width, then he will be so frustrated. And Alden Cole, using all of his experience, roll to the outside. And Lee going out to reach Cole. But Cole, we've seen that doing before. Step up in Seguri. Now looking to take advantage. <laughs> Keith Lee moves. Ooh, boom. Pounces Cole across the ring. Picks him up. Slams him down. Took his tie going into the cover. And I think that extra second, Cole managed to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Lee is <laughs> dragging him in position. And now Keith Lee smirking. No, James hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face. Because as you can see, his confidence is building. He can smell the end of this one. He can smell the NXT Championship. Well, Keith Lee now on the second rope. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Moonsault off the Two. second. No. It couldn't put Adam Cole down. 340 pounds went off the second onto Cole. And if Cole wasn't struggling breathing before, he is now. With a far away look in Cole's eyes. It didn't look like he was going to hit the full rotation as we see the replay. No, I don't know. I don't know it looks really low. I don't know how he got round. And then Adam Cole at death's door right now for his NXT title reign. And now got hold of him, picks him up on his shoulders. This could be it. Oh, Cole wiggling about as much as he can, manages to escape it. Super kick to the jaw. Barely rocks Lee, though, who shakes his head, sights himself up again. Cole with another super kick. Has Keith Lee got what it takes to get back into it? Yes, he can. Well, Lee won't quit, but his body might. As a double super kick now. We're going to see last, last shot. shot. And Lee is down. Can he roll him over? One, One two. two. Oh, no. Lee managing to kick out. Uh, but there wasn't, a, you know, they've got the power of the getting cold off him. It was literally just trying to move him off as opposed to the kind of massive push that he had earlier, which shows that he's got nothing left. And Cole now might be seizing his opportunity to become the North American champion again and end Keith Lee's quest. And Cole saying, you'll never beat me. 
And a call in his last shot. Oh. No, he gets turned inside out by a lariat from Lee instead. Christ, Cole landed on the back of his neck, turned inside out there. And at this point in time, I have no idea which way it's going to go. And now both men struggling to get to their feet. Cole holding that neck for good reason, but another super kick. And now going up on that second turnbuckle. Going to get the Panama Sunrise. Oh! He manages to get the full rotation with Lee into a cover. One, two, no. Oh. Just a two count. Two. Couldn't get the job done there. And he cannot believe it. What's Adam Cole got to do, Dan? What's he got to do to beat Keith Lee? He's hit the last shot. He's got to expose that knee, hit two last shots, <laughs> and that will be it. Keith Lee, to be fair, what a fight he's put tonight, the North American champion. But like you say... Maybe that just that next level, and Adam Cole is the next level in NXT. And like I said, this looks to be the end. Well, it looks like the beginning, James, and the beginning of the end. He wants Lee to get back up. And Lee just can't dodge, not once, not twice. But three times into a cover. One, two, no. Well, somehow Lee gets the shoulder up at two. Two. But soon the referee might have to look at it because Lee... He's not blocking it whatsoever. Might have a skull fracture. And Adam Cole now can't believe it. The toughness of Keith Lee. And here we go. We wanted it. The exposure of the knee. And this is the last shot to Keith Lee. Adam Cole. Bang. Hits it. Hits it. Lee's out. He'd say it wasn't enough. And now he's going to go up. And Lee near enough motionless. Adam Cole now maybe looking for one more Panama Sunrise. To finish Keith Lee. I don't think Keith Lee knows where he's at. Well, the Great America Bash, night two, main event, and Cole is just about to end Lee. Panama. No. Lee's got him. Powerbomb. Turns Cole over. Can he put him up on his shoulders? Has he got it left? Well, it looks like he's just roaring it. And I told you he's limitless. Picks up Cole. Big Ooh. bang catastrophe. One, One two... two. Free. And Keith Lee is your new NXT champion. Tonight, when the winner take all, it is limitless. Keith Lee gets the job done there. Unbelievable. With a big bang catastrophe pinning Adam Cole. And Adam Cole, we doff our caps, sir, after a 400-plus day run. But now there is a new man in town. And not only North America, but NXT. And his name is Keith Lee. Dan, what are your thoughts? Well, Keithy two straps. Or is it Keithy two belts? Or Keithy dust straps? I don't know he wants to be known as. But, you know, it is an amazing feat for Keith Lee. Absolutely deserves it. If there has been a man that has had the year of his life, Keith Lee, you know, he's completely flipped 180 in my books. Wasn't too keen on him when I first saw him. He's just grown and grown and grown on me, and it seems like he's grown in NXT as well. What a moment for this man, Keith Lee, managing to get the job done in adversary. And like I say, credit to Adam Cole for not having the undisputed era there. But I think what a match and what a story told of a, a confident champion and a challenger that just wouldn't quit. And I think we see it there with how tough Keith Lee is uh, to finally get the victory unbelievable stuff Dan what are your thoughts on that match yeah absolutely brilliant both guys certainly put everything they had into it it's a bit worried for Adam Cole when he got turned inside out with that lariat and landed on the back of his head but luckily enough 
it was nothing too serious and Cole was able to carry on. The Panama City Sunrise as well, managing to get the full rotation on that. Brilliant. Keith Lee and his moonsault from the second. Absolutely perfect. Both guys put everything they had into this match. And, you know, it just goes to show Keith Lee's limits of what he allows himself to take. And this is what we wanted. We wanted a match right at the end to deliver. And this is what the main event has done now. Ted, this has felt like a takeover here. The Great American Bash, especially my moment. And look at this now. Look at that. Lee with the two titles in the middle of the ring with the ticker tape and the fireworks going off. And this is Keith Lee's Great American Bash. And look at that visual as well. Look who's looking on from the stands. Carrion Cross. We talked about who would be next in line. And he is looking on. And again, like we say with NXT, the storyline. Adam Cole was champion. We've got it. And we've got where they're going. Not better storytelling at this moment, is there? I want to see Adam Cole show Keith Lee respect for what has just gone down. Well, he might not be able to show it tonight. We'll show it at some point. But what a visual to end NXT on as Keith Lee celebrates with both titles. And what a fireworks show. Yeah, so what a moment there. And we'll just finish up with the prediction scores as well. Final scores, 10-7 to me. Dan, what happened with NXT, eh? What I happened? don't know. I think um, I expected a lot more to go on than actually happened. Well, unbelievable. So let's just run through the card quickly. Uh, we started off with Knox versus Kai versus Ray versus Liam on night one. What are your thoughts on this to start us off? Um, an absolutely brilliant story told, kind of... Uh... The Ray and Yim kind of set themselves up for the night two street fight that they had. Uh, Knox and um, Dakota Kai. Again, I think this has kind of put an end to their feud that they was having as well. So, you know, it kind of tied up two stories in one. Yeah, I think without doubt, I gave that three and a half out of five. I, thought it was uh, I gave that a three and three quarters out of five. Uh, then we had only Lorcan versus Thatcher. And again, a completely different match than what we were expecting uh, from anything else on the card. Kind of map-based, uh, really, really enjoyable stuff. Thatcher getting the victory. It's a great match, wasn't it? It was, yes. Um, again, it is. It takes completely away from what you'd expect from a match, but it also absolutely delivered as well. I gave that a four out of five. I gave that a four out of five as well. Uh, then we had Ray Ripley versus uh, Robert Stone and Numph. This match went on for a lot longer than it should have done. I think Ray Ripley certainly should have kind of dominated them both and just made them both look like a complete couple of morons person yeah i think without a doubt uh, i gave that a three out of five i gave that a three and a quarter out of five you then had uh sasha well sorry we had roderick strong versus dexter loomis in a strap match i think the strap caused a lot of problems in this one to be fair i think the chemistry was a little bit off as well yes um these two guys didn't really mesh i think it should have been a different scenario for these two guys and again, you know, Roderick Strong, even with help, came off second best, which is like, you know, if you're going to have him losing, at least have him losing one-on-one. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I gave it a three and a half out of five, though. I gave that a three and a quarter out of five. And then the main event for night one was Sasha Banks versus Yo Shai. Um, this just goes to show that both women have got an abundance of talent, and if this is the future going forward... I am more than happy with it. I love Oscar's involvement. I love Bailey's involvement, kind of neutralising it. Um, the finish, eh, you know, it could have gone a bit different, but it gives the Oshara a bit of momentum going forward. Yeah, I gave it a three and three quarters out of five. I gave that a three and three quarters out of five as well. Yeah. Uh, then we went on to night two. 
two. Yim versus Candice and uh, Nice versus Reed and, of course, Unapplicable. Breezango and Maverick versus Legado del Fantasma. I thought this was a story told. I'm a bit surprised Maverick got pinned in that way. But I think, like I said, they needed a victory because it was their first night. And how many times have people look like jobbers, Nexus, <clears throat> when they've lost their kind of big opening matches when it comes to that? You know, I think Absolutely, that yeah. you need to go forward with a stable. Uh, I still think it was a good match, though. Three and a half out of five. Yeah, I'll give it a three and a half out of five as well. I think all oh, six guys, they look like they're going to be kind of scrapping there or thereabouts the 205 Live Championship or Cruiserweight Championship as it is. Uh, Martinez versus Garrett was just a squash match. And then the main event, Adam Cole, Keith Lee. What an absolute showcase of these you know, two guys. They put on the absolute best that they could have done. And they didn't let us down. You know, Adam Cole, credit to him going out there doing it alone. You know, you kind of losing alone, absolutely perfect way to end things for him. Um, you know, I think this is his kind of final bounce here as well, unfortunately. But Keith Lee, credit where it's due, the man is rolling and rolling and rolling and just getting bigger and better. All right, I want to make one thing on here quickly. I want to say, and I want to have it recorded, that I feel, and I know people might have said it before, but I've not heard it. I want Adam Cole to debut on the main roster much like he did at the end of TakeOver Brooklyn with Drew McIntyre as successfully re- retaining his title. Undisputed Era come in and do exactly what they did in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> that is an absolute fucking good shout as well. I'd love to see that. So I'm saying that now just in case it does happen. I go listen back to this podcast where I did say it. No, what a main event it was. Uh, like I say, I gave it four and three quarters out of five. I don't think it was a match of the year candidate if it had maybe been five or minutes longer maybe but or maybe not if it had a bit of a bigger build-up i think it would be fair to say yeah it was a very good match hence why i'm giving it a four and a half but it felt like it was just missing a little something that could have tipped it over the edge you know these two guys it was kind of a match that was made out of nothing um you know, again, both men absolutely delivered on the match that was made out of nothing. But I think, you know, there could have just been something slightly different. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, with that, uh, as for a match of the night, uh, Lee versus Cole is both of the yeah. night. Uh, our man of the night, my man, is Keith Lee. Again, what a moment for him to show how good he was. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, Keith Lee. I think he was great. Um, you kind of know exactly what he's about, what he's after, what he wants to do. Um, I'm going to have to say, coming second is Drake Maverick. I love his intensity. I, you know, it's just unfortunate he was the one that ate the pin. I think that could have gone to Fandango as soon as he was injured. But it's love Drake Maverick's tenacity at the moment. I don't think there was a bad match. Even the Ripley match was what it was. And I don't think anybody put in a bad performance on the show. And I think... Full out, I'm going to have to give it an 8.5 out of 10 for the show itself. What yeah, I agree think? with you there. 8.5 out of 10 for me as well. I thought it was good. Every match kind of did what it said on the tin, and there was the obvious, you know, main event as well. Was it a takeover level event? I I think it was up there. It was definitely up there. Um, you know, with recent takeovers as well, I think it was definitely on par with them. But, you know, we've seen a lot better takeovers. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Uh, okay, so we're going to have the final TV ratings on AEW, which will be our next podcast on Wednesday. Uh, we'll also have the poll results, because every week on Twitter we ask what was the better show, AEW or NXT. We're going to delve into that next week. Um, and of course, before we go, we've got a Twitter follower of the week, Dan. 
Yes, it is Stay Classy YT uh, at Stay. Try that again. We've got a Twitter follower, Dan. Yes, it is at Stay underscore Classy YT or Classified Chappie. He also yes. sent us a DM as well, James. Yes, we, uh, he said, just listen to the William Regal podcast episode and I really enjoyed listening to it. Uh, I like the chemistry background stories of it. Lots to mention as I currently try to remember some of the best highlights. Like the backstories of the career when he finally got into WSW, got me into that match. Pretty great insights, and I caught the wow parts during the replay. Two counts that made me chuckle. Great content overall. The episode is my favourite so far, and it grew on me looking forward to more. And I said, uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And that is why you're going to be our follower of the week. So when you listen to this, you're probably going to lose your shit. So don't worry about that. Absolutely, and yes, if you want to be our follower of the week, just kiss our ass, and we will happily... Give you a shout out on the show. No, I mean, the Regal episode last week, fantastic response. So we'd just like to thank everybody that contacted us on Twitter or across all, so, all social media. And we are across all social media. We're on Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at WNR Dan. I'm at the WNR JR. also on Facebook. Yes, the WNR Podcast on Facebook and also Instagram. I should say on Facebook, I managed to do a 3D, we managed to do a 3D picture the other day. And the response to that as well, <laughs> the Regal one. I mean, the Regal artwork, I mean, not to pat myself on the back, it's probably one of the best ones. Like 18 different pictures of William Regal's career. And with the 3D, you can literally go over it and check out each one. And that is on Facebook. We're across all the Google platforms. Send us an email, the Podcast at gmail.com. We're on YouTube, the WNR Podcast, where we have all the latest clips. Yeah, and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube as they do SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Stitcher and Spreaker, where we do our live shows. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Yes, the next episode is AEW Fighter Fest and Fight of the Fallen. Yeah, and I just want to say, Twitter followers, we're on the road to 8K. So if you follow us, we're hoping to reach 8K before... WNR 300, which is August 9th. So hopefully we can get that done. Is that cracking a wall back? Is that back? I thought it was gone. Well, anyway, I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. <laughs>